Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Popper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and we have a massive show ahead of us this evening, so let's do a lightning round check-in with my co-hosts from the East Coast. Dave the Alcadron, how you doing? You ready for some spoilers? Sweaty, but I'm super ready for this. <laughs> Sweaty? Yeah, sounds like you're sweaty. That is a that was a terrible story. <laughs> terrible, terrible. I feel for you. My poor HVAC system. Someday yeah. I'll have air conditioning again. <laughs> oh, no. Next up is our resident PDH PhD, Liam. Are you ready? I am ready. And this week in Magic News is also much short. Uh, the Magic right. Online team has delivered uh, several dozen cards from Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, including all Papa cards with initiative, into the next update. Ooh, so yeah. finally, yep, Papa will be Papa. And then I don't think I read the whole thing or, or read the explanation, but they also seem to believe that they fixed the uh, win trading system. Uh, something about uh, the timing of joining leagues or you don't have to click the join match button or something because that was a big problem on maybe not so much popper, but like standard leagues and stuff like that where there just wasn't a huge attendance. It would be I would sign in with my Brad Drack V account and then I would sign in with a Joe Blow account that I also owned and I would time it to where chances were good that I would face myself in a league and I would have one of the accounts concede every match so the other uh, account went 5-0 and there was a net profit huh. it, it was a nightmare but apparently they fixed that so we'll see how that goes didn't realize that was a thing yeah it's called win trading it usually happened like in the middle of the night when, when hardly anybody was playing and not so much in pauper because that's like an international um thing on magic online but like the standard league sometimes pioneer vintage leagues were notorious for it so we shall see but that's good news if it works out that's great news for the mtgo uh popper community but yeah i think we can move on to our main topic we're gonna do the dominaria united set review pretty excited for it uh, but we're going to do a little bit different than we did the Baldur's Gate review where we dedicated one episode to uncommons, one to commons. We're going to try to cram as much as we can into this one episode because we're still sort of like tinkering with how we want to do the set reviews, the formatting of the episodes and that sort of thing. So we'll see how this one works out first. Um, we're going to start out with the uncommons. We're going to touch on the new PDH commanders that we have now, and then we'll probably move on to some. We, we made a list of some that seem kind of playable because we don't want to get into all of them because... Frankly, a lot of them just look like straight up limited, maybe potentially standard playable. Uh, and then after that, we narrowed it down to a list of commons that we all sort of agree, uh, agreed on. And we'll just go from there. So hopefully it works out. Should be a, a good show, a slightly longer show, but that's okay. Set reviews always are. Uh, let's start out with some spicy new commanders. What do you think, Dave? Do you want to start us off? I would be delighted to. Um... I want to. I just want to reemphasize, as Brad said, a lot of these cards are very much designed for formats that are very different from PDH. So yes, we're going to go through different. these and we're going to say, "What? What is this card for? It doesn't do anything for us." Like, yeah, well, lots of them don't, and that's okay. <laughs> I think the limited is going to be super fun. I think this has a lot of big, exciting treats for the commander format. Nothing. Not everything has to be about us. Not everything. With, Mo most things, but not everything. Most things. With that in mind, I'm going to start us out with one of 
the worst cards in the set for us. His name is Tobias the Doomed Conqueror. This okay. is a... I actually changed... I moved away from the screen where I had his stats up, so I'm going to go from memory. I think he's a 4-mana... Four three yes. with flash. Three three. Close. Two. He's a three two. Three two. Okay, he got smaller. In Chronicles, <laughs> yeah. he was a five mana four four. Oh. Uh, okay, four mana three two with flash, and the ability when he dies, you get to create a zombie token for each of your creatures, each of your non-token creatures that died this turn. You are absolutely correct. Yes. I love this guy from a flavor standpoint. He's like this sure. sort of like pirate guy who, in the story, he definitely dies kind of miserably. Like that's his lot in life. So like that they made a card <laughs> that is designed to die and give you some small benefit for dying. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty flavorful. Yeah. Yep. I think he's going to see play in EDH as a board wipe deterrent. I do not think anyone is going to build a PDH deck out of this commander. And just just so the people know, we're starting out with the uh, multicolor commanders that are uh, legendary. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, so. That's that's the starting point. Is there anything else I need to add about Tobias, or can we move on to a really good I commander? I don't think so. I'm not as as everyone probably knows by now. I'm not huge. I don't have a deep knowledge of the lore, so I probably won't touch on much of that in this set. But Dominaria is pretty much built off. The history of the game, the lore of the game, everything. So, yeah, as far as uh, Tobias specifically, I I'm good with that. Yeah, no, I'm, right. I'm good. All right. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Azorius commander that's really good. He is Raph. We mm. had an older Raph card a little while ago. The old Raph card is very fun. He does, he makes your historic spells have flash, and he himself had flying. Mm -hmm. uh, he was very fun at the helm of like a casual artifacts deck, or he could enable some knack builds in the competitive scene if you wanted to like do your knack combo at instant speed by casting okay. these artifacts with flash. Very powerful card in the old Raph. The new Raph is a two mana one three, so much cheaper, comes down much faster. Two mana, mm -hmm. mana cards are good. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you can tap two untapped creatures to draw a card. So he's going to make all of your all of your instants and sorcerers are going to cantrip as long as you have a big enough board to sustain that. Yep. So right away, he's rewarding he's white and blue, he's rewarding you for casting spells with card draw. Like already this has some really good potential. His other yep. ability is for 5 mana Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain vigilance until end of turn. Yeah, so he, he's definitely Azorius that rewards you for casting spells and drawing cards, but it's also Azorius that uh, rewards you for having a bunch of creatures. Yeah, that puts him in a really interesting spot, I think. Very interesting. I, yeah. People are like, you want to be playing the really good Azorius spells. You want, you know, your counter spells, your arcane denials, your, if ghostly flicker is what you want to do, he does ghostly flicker things. But like, weirdly, you also want to be running all of the, like, raise the alarms and like, yeah, your, the captain captain's calls. calls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just so that, like, because these cards, like the first time you cast these, all you need is one other creature to cantrip off the raise the alarm. Mm -hmm. And then those two extra bodies sitting there will let you cantrip off of like everything else. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I think there's a lot yeah. of different ways you can take him. You can uh, you can go hard into tokens and just keep your hand full off of these raise the alarms until you have ten mana, and then activate his buff twice and swing with everything, mm -hmm. and then just keep doing that because he gives your stuff vigilance and it can still tap to draw you cards later. Yeah, or defend. Yep, or defend. Or you can uh, you can make him much more of a um, spell slinging. When everything cantrips, you only need a couple creatures to sustain that, and then <laughs> true, just dig through your deck until you find the combo and 
win that way. You can you could completely ignore his second ability forever, and he's still perfectly playable. Yeah, very good. Yep. Are we good with Raph? Yeah. Yep. Who's who's the last one? The Sky Knight. Tura Sky Knight. Yep. Tura is the five mana three three murmuring mystic. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcerer, <laughs> you create a one one creature token. And it's not an easy five mana either. There's double blue in there along with white. Double blue, white, and two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tricky. Tricky five mana. It's a very demanding five mana. Yeah. I think this guy's super cool. I love the lore of the Sky Knights from, from Kjeldor. Uh, I think that as a competitive deck, he's probably just strictly outclassed by Murmuring Mystic, yeah. who costs one less mana, doesn't die to Bolt, and creates right. flyers, mm -hmm. and also gives you access to airborne aid. Yeah, because he, he does just create soldier tokens that are on the ground. Yeah, he doesn't create the flyers. Yeah. <laughs> and not even he is a bird, so, you know, he looks like bird gang. Oh, my, yeah, it's another one of those where the art instantly makes you think it's it's something that it's not. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think he's got potential. I think there's a there's some cool stuff you can do. I I think in casual he's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems fun to brew with. Yeah, I was helping a buddy build this deck, and and I I insisted that he include Kildor and Sky Knight, Kildor and Sky Captain, Kildor and Pride. <laughs> <laughs> like these cards are categorically awful, but they're on flavor, right. and I'm into it. Nice. That is that is my wrap up of the Azorius Commanders. If there's anything you want to add to the Azorius friends, then definitely do that otherwise i cede the floor no i think we're good all right so i've got the demia which begins with ramirez de pietro pillager who is the demia legend in legends retold uh ramirez is a 4-3 legendary human pirate for two blue and a black uh when ramirez etbs you lose two life and create two treasure tokens uh, whenever one or more pirates you control deal combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library, you may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled. This seems like a solid commander to start. Uh, reminds me very much of um, the pirate partners that we already have. What, what do you all think? Malcolm and Breaches. Yes, yes, uh, Malcolm and Breaches. Yep. What do you all think? I, I think that it's important that he makes you lose life when ETBs. Otherwise, yeah. you would just sort of casually go infinite yeah. with a kicker. <laughs> like, no big deal. <laughs> like, creating creating the treasures is, is like, a powerhouse if you're trying to flicker them. Unless each one costs you two life. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a way in black to counteract that life. There definitely is. Yeah. It's very, once again, you know, just like the Azorius ones, it's very flavorful. Like, he sends <laughs> his pirates out to, to do their thing, and they, they damage you, they steal your stuff. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. My favorite distinction between this guy and Malcolm, who has a similar effect that he exiles cards from the top of people people's libraries and lets you cast them, mm -hmm. Pietro does not let you dodge colors. Like most of these other effects will say you can cast it and you can spend mana as if it were any color. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That was a good catch. I didn't didn't really think about that. Pietro doesn't, but he gives you two treasures. So like you uh -huh. can get whatever color you want from those two treasures. Like if you if you rip off the top, like you know your what invoke despair or whatever, mm -hmm. invoke mm -hmm. red thing, and it's four red <laughs> mana. Like you don't get to cast that. Yes. <laughs> but right. like uh, the two treasures should help you cast whatever you rip off yeah. the top. And there's um, been plenty of treasure stuff printed recently that even in Demio yeah. you should be yeah. fine. And yeah. it is nice that it's you can cast it as long as it remains in exile. And it's not till the end of the next turn or yeah. whatever. That's another huge difference. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you if you want to brew with Ramirez, definitely make sure that you have lots of you know 
honored heirlooms and bonders ornaments that tap for any color. Deadly disputes and yeah. Deadly dispute is a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, if that wraps up Ramirez, the next commander we have is Rona, Shieldred's Faithful. Last time we saw Rona was in Dominaria, where she was one of Gix's disciples, uh, but here she is serving Shieldred. Here she is a 3-4 human wizard. I'm honestly shocked she didn't get the Phyrexian type here. And she is also, she costs you one blue, black, black. Uh, whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, each opponent loses one life. Uh, notably, I believe that is one of the Strixhaven apprentices. I think Witherbloom, just without the life gain. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you may mm -hmm. cast Rona from your graveyard by discarding two cards in addition to paying its other costs. So you can sort of circumvent commander tax a little bit there if you're drawing cards, which sure. shouldn't be difficult. But yeah, what do y'all think? I think this is pretty solid. I think it is pretty solid. Nice, nice body, three, four body. Granted, we have a lot of madness and graveyard shenanigans yeah. in Demir, but I feel like discarding two cards every time might add up to be a problem. But you know, honestly, how many times are you going to end up doing that throughout the game? Well, anyway? yeah, I, so it may not be as big of a problem. As I, I imagine that you know this this is this deck is going to want to stick Rona and and keep her around so you can uh, you know do do some yeah, kind exactly. of spell loop or whatever. You're probably not looking to really pay that discarding cost. You know, you're probably more than happy once Rona dies once until you can set your loop up again. I'm sure you're more than happy to leave her there. So, yeah, that's probably true. That's a better way yeah. to look I at think, it. I just see discarding and I think, you know, madness. You know, I think this but is... Yeah, that's probably a better way to look at it. This is looking to be a very heavy control and draw deck, like a draw go. Mm -hmm. I, I think so too. I think it's going to be super fun. I'm glad that this life drain for spellcasting ability is now in blue because yes. I think that's ultimately where it wants to be. I think competitively... It leaves a lot to be desired when you compare it to Witherbloom Apprentice, because Witherbloom oh, yeah. is a, a relatively high tier competitive threat, yeah. but uh, it's a threat because it gains life, which is going to help. It, it super helps it fight through the aggro or the mid range strategies. It costs two mana less. Like Rona starts to do the life gain thing after turn four ish mm -hmm. maybe if you're if you can ramp her out then like after turn three but like you you want to start before then if you're doing this and wither bloom costing two is enormous yeah she doesn't trigger off copies which makes things like chatterstorm I, I guess huge yeah blue doesn't have a lot of storm anyway i think there's only one storm spell in blue but right. like wither bloom triggering off of storm and having weather the storm is yeah. absurd for wither bloom so yeah i think it's i think it's worse than wither bloom but i think it's uh I think it's going to be really fun. I'm glad it's here. Yep, yep same here. Uh, and then our final Demir commander is a new person on the scene, a, a, a new legendary creature, uh, Voha Vodalian Desecrator. Uh, for blue and a black, you get a 1-2 Phyrexian Merfolk Wizard. And this one has a couple of weird and, and wordy abilities, so stick with us here. The first one is tap, that's the cost, draw a card, then discard a card. If you discard an instant of sorcery this way, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then you can pay two and sacrifice Vohar, and that's the cost. And if you do, you may cast target instant of sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If that spell would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead and activate that ability only as a sorcery. There's <laughs> there's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on. I I feel like it got a little worse the more you read. Yeah, like like the, maybe that's I don't just know, me. like I. I I, I really don't like you want to discard instants and sorceries. So you're probably looking at alternate casting costs like madness 
or ways to cast yeah. those things from the grave, like flashback. Flashback, yep. But I'm also sitting here like, you know, that 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 just seems awful because if you flashback a spell, it gets exiled. And Voha basically gives things flashback by sacrificing itself. Right, and then you gotta sacrifice Vohar, like it's a yeah, whole thing. Like I get Voha's only two mana, but you know, you can only flashback three or four things with uh Voha's ability before it gets too costly. So I'm just like is this some kind of odd Demia reanimator deck? But like, right? Even because you're spending two generic for the second ability, and then another two to bring her back from the command yeah. zone. Like that, that, that goes infinite pretty pretty quickly. I think that she's mostly just a looter. Yeah, she's probably. To, I would hope in, so. In my mind, she's a Grixis battle mage, but with you, you, you exchange the red for life drain. She's just yeah. going to enable you to loot all day, every day, and like you know, cast. You, you get to drain when you discard the, the the instance, and you get to play your madness spells, and like that's that's it. That's most of the. I deck. don't know. Dis- a discard deck without red seems awful. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but like she does giving you access to repeat certain spells is kind of huge. Like if you if if you've if you've already used your arms of Hadar to slow down the, whoever's going wide and they build back up again before you can finish them off, like just being able to do that a second time, like mm-hmm. that's not what I would build the deck for, but having that uh, as an as an option isn't bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's I, it's very on theme like the original Merfolk from Dominaria back in the day were known looters. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this works. So yeah, I I I still prefer Grixis Battle Mage just because of I've I've got it built and it gets you access <laughs> to more red madness things which I'm into but yeah. uh, I I see the appeal here. All right. Well, that wraps up the Demir Commanders. If anyone else has any commentary they'd like to make on any of them, speak now or forever hold your peace. I'm good. I'm commentaried out. All right. Commentaried out. Let's get to some Rectos. What do you think? All right. My first favorite. one up for my fa- I know. Well, my second favorite, but yeah, it's good. It looks pretty decent in this set too. Uh, the first one up I have for Rectos is Garna, Bloodfist of Keld. For a generic, a black, and two red, you get a legendary creature, Human Berserker. It's a 4-3, and it says, Whenever another creature you control dies, draw a card if it was attacking. Otherwise, Garna, Bloodfist of Kells, deals each or deals one damage to each opponent. For such few words, I feel like there's a lot going on here so as well. So this is, this is simultaneously like... A Rakdos aggro deck that uses sacrifice as its backup plan? Is that what I'm reading? Yeah, as a backup plan. Even though it came first in the paragraph, it feels like that part feels like the well, backup yeah, because, plan. Yeah, because, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's draw a card if the attacker dies. Otherwise, win. So are you, are you <laughs> just aggro until. Because I, like, you don't have, you don't even have to set up an infinite loop, I guess. You could just be heavily aggro and then late game when yeah. everyone's at like 10, 15 life you know loop it a couple times but it doesn't have to go infinite right and the deal one damage to each opponent is just when it when a creature dies i like it i dig it to me this feels very much like carter which is well i mean it it can some people build carter like uh i'm gonna use his etb trigger yeah to go Mm -hmm. to everything i have carter built as an aristocrats aggro attacky deck like aggro aristocrats uh and the design is you get you make a lot of tokens you send them all at someone and then you sacrifice them in the middle of like after after damage, but while we're still in combat and they're still attackers, <laughs> to get the sweet like attacking triggers dies triggers. Yeah. Um, I think Garna is that, but uh, I don't know if she's better yet. I think she's different. Being able to choose Definitely whether you yeah. 
sacrifice in combat to draw a card or out of combat to deal the damage you having that decision making power so that you can be like oh my hand's getting pretty empty better draw some cards like that's massive or <laughs> right, like exactly. like liam said like my opponent's life is pretty low better just kill them <laughs> like yeah also <laughs> massive like uh -huh. there's a there's a lot of potential here. I, I'm very excited about her. I don't, I'm like I'm not gonna build her. I'm just gonna put her in the same box as Carter and like occasionally switch them out and see how I like them. Yeah, just keep an eye on it. I yeah. I think my favorite yeah. part about this card is it's definitely much more clear what she's supposed to be doing with it than the previous Garner. I agree. I actually looked that one up earlier. Yep, I'm with you. Pre previous Garner is a little weird. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next one. Is this a, a long O? Is it Lagomos or Lagamos? What do you think? It's up to you. You're the boss. All right. Let's do Lagamos, Hand of Hatred. For a generic, a black and a red, we get a legendary human shaman at 1-3. It says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 red elemental creature token with trample and haste. I'd play that already, but it goes on. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. And it also has a second ability, if that wasn't enough for you. You can tap Lagamos and search your library for a card put it into your hand then shuffle but you can only activate this ability if five or more creatures died this turn <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> hold on yep let's dissect it a little bit i, I feel like watsi knew rakdos was going to be stronger because between demir azorius and rakdos so far the black red is, have been the only legendaries without a two cmc commander or without a two cmc legendary creature they've all been fairly expensive so far yeah i hadn't noticed that yep but anyway what, what do you think about I, I honestly have no idea like the first the first paragraph you know you get an elemental you sacrifice it it's in rectos colors obviously that tells me i want to do rectos you know sacrifice stuff aggro stuff whatever cool i'm fine with that it's a one three it's easy to cast from the command zone the second ability because of what i want to do with the first ability makes me think that I want to put like the first day of class combo in it with, you know, the goblins sort of Mog thing. Mogwarts. Mogwarts. Yeah, I want to yeah. throw Mogwarts in there, send it to school. Uh, where are you guys on Lagamos? So it reads super powerful, but I keep I keep rereading it. And, and I've got a couple things. Yeah. One, the elemental that it makes is sacrifice at the end step, which Correct. gives yep. you very minimal interaction time there with that activated ability so that that's that's oh that's a good point that yeah. that is one thing instead of instead of the elemental token made in combat being sacrificed at the end of combat it's, it's at the end step the second thing is the ability the, the activated ability to tutor can only be activated if five more creatures died this turn which makes mm -hmm. it kind of awkward to activate on an opponent's turn yeah because that's a lot Five's because a lot. because lot yeah unless you're facing down another sacrifice deck you know, Lagamos may die to whatever killed five or more creatures, uh, especially being a 1-3. And then my, my third thing being, if you've waited for five things to die before you get to search your library for theoretically <laughs> the win con of things dying, uh -huh. that seems like a lot of lost value. Um, unless the thing that is causing other things to die is a loop like Mark Woods. In which case, you know, saying, oh, I, act I, I have an infinite loop. After time number five, I get my win con. Like, okay, that makes sense. But, like, if it's not an right. infinite loop, it can be hard to get that value back. So I think it's very powerful if built right, but it must be built with these things in mind. Yeah, I agree, too. And I think it's just the wordage of the card that makes it seem super powerful and uncommon. Like, oh, you get to tap it and tutor yeah, for a card. Like, it seems... I, I just win. Like, eh, it's not quite that easy. It seems powerful, but they timed it extremely well. Yeah, they were very careful with it. My... My take on Legomos is, I think, exactly what Liam said, where it has the potential to be incredibly powerful if it's built really well. I think building it really well is going to be an enormous 
nearly impossible challenge because exactly as brad said the card itself is pulling you in a few different directions at once like mm-hmm. if we want to go back to dallas and his his paths mm-hmm. like yep. you have to very carefully find the intersection between these paths like how much do you going to dedicate to combo how much to digging how much to interaction how much you know like do you go hard on the pestilences and the board wipes just so you can try to kill five creatures at once and then use his ability or like right d- d- does that plan just not work if you're playing in a creature light meta? Do you yeah? Do you I hadn't even thought on... about the the meta itself. If you're up against three other decks that have eight creatures apiece, you better have a plan in your deck <laughs> to satisfy well, that condition. I think, yeah, I think if you're in if you're playing against three other decks that are all have a lot of creatures, I think that's good. I think that's kind of ideal for Logomos because you can just. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It. Like if you yeah. find yourself in a very creature light pod. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Oh oh oh. Right, so like, on, on the one hand, Crypt Rats is like, bam, five creatures dead, perfect, let's go. Yep. On the other hand, like, if, <laughs> if you don't, if you're in the creature light meta, then like, you need to bring the creatures. Like, you need to be on the dragons, dragon fodder, uh, Krenko's exactly. command, hordling outburst. Like, if you want to activate the, that ability, it has to be you bringing the creatures and then killing them yourself. So yeah. like, you're, you're now in this aggro aristocrats thing again. Like, it's just a really awkward thing to build around and like i don't think i'm good enough to make it happen but i think someone is and when they make it work i'm going to really love watching it go you know and the weird thing is too that you bring up dallas he, he put up a twitter kind of twitter thread a little bit about this card and i didn't but something that just occurred to me too is, is if you're going the mogwarts plan okay and you have two-thirds of the pieces in your hand and you're like cool i can tutor with to get my impact trimmers or my first day of class, whatever piece you're missing for that combo, how do you get the creatures to get to die to get that tutor without pulling off a combo to get the creatures to die? So you have to have a backup plan right. of getting creatures to die so you can get your combo pieces, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Super awkward. A lot of tension there. Wow, yeah. Like do you, do you kind of like do you do you cast Mog War Marshal and then sacrifice it to dig up the body to get it back and like cast it again like <laughs> where are these creatures coming from like how do you start yeah, yeah. this engine like where are they coming from it's exactly yeah. right yeah maybe a lot of actually i don't know if red and black have a lot of like scion tokens or i don't know so so anyway oh one one flesh bag effect gets you four fifths of the way there that's true you might have you... to do a lot of flesh bags chain devils that sort of thing yeah if you wait till your end step when your elemental dies you can Flesh, flesh, flesh bag plus your own elemental dying to its own trigger. Yeah, yeah, that's, you that's go five. That and just be super grindy. You know, try to stay alive long enough to to get your combo together. Yeah, tons of different you know, directions. You know, and what's going to be bad too is if you if you find yourself having to tutor up your combo. You, you know, the first tutor is going to be like, okay, boom, I get. Actually, it just says put it into your hand. It says it doesn't say re- reveal it, does it? But anyway, if you keep tutoring for your combo, eventually they're going to be like, well, I I need to hold on something in my hand because he's clearly assembling something over there. You know they're going to be ready for it, basically. Yeah, they're like going to know you're up to something. Minimizing your own threat appearance so that you don't just get gang beaten out of the game is going that's to be a, a challenge. Perfect. Yeah. Yep, that's a good way to put. It. All right, let's move on to my last Rakdos. Another um, what what are these called? Commander throwback children. What are they called? Uh, Legends retold. Legends retold. Thank you. It's Torwoki the Younger. And Torwoki is three generic, a black and a red for a three-three legendary creature, human archer with reach and lifelink sold. And it says if another sort, if a uh, excuse me, if another source you control would deal non-combat damage to a permanent or player, it deals that much damage plus one to that permanent or player instead. And then also, of course, it has a second line of text that says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell. 
Tor Wookie the Younger deals two damage to any target. So super pinger for three every time you cast something, cast an instant or sorcery. Uh, well, he he doesn't buff his own damage. He still Ano deals two. Another source. Yep. Okay. He he is the 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 mother of all pingers though. Like yeah, you know, absolutely. With, with, you know, Thermo Alchemist mm -hmm. now taps to deal two damage to everyone, and then untaps when you cast your spell, and he deals two damage to something, and you gain two life because he lifelinks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you tap Thermo Alchemist again, oh. like. Flame Cat Breather, Firebrand Archer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty cool how so far Rakdos, Demir, and Azorius have all cared. They have at least one commander that cares about instants and sorceries. That's fun. Yeah. Spell slinging is uh, strong in this set. I think yeah. Tor is going to be uh, a massive threat. There was a lot of people talking about him when he was spoiled, but I don't think there was enough people talking about him. So I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think my the one drawback he has, if you can call it that, is that uh, Dragon's Breath kills him. Yes. Yeah. He... he is fairly weak and five mana that that'll really start to tax you in, in black and red but yeah uh, if you can keep them alive you'll win fairly quickly with the right build but yeah that's all i had on tor Wauki and the rest of the rakdos gang did you did you all have anything to add to it nope i'm good i'm all set sweet all right let's move on to mr dave again oh, we're back around to gruel and uh -huh. i'm going to start in in, in the continuing theme of uh tobias i'm going to start off with the disappointing one <laughs> the disappointing one is part of a mini cycle each Ooh. green x pairing can has one legendary creature with domain which is really bad for us it's going to be super fun and limited yeah but great and limited probably d domain is a pseudo keyworded ability that says that the when when something happens you count out the total number of land types basic land types among lands you control and you get to something happens that much for right. us in pdh all of these commanders are two color commanders which means uh you only reasonably you can only ever expect to have a domain of two yeah there are some sneaky ways you can do to get to up that number like there's there's green auras that will make an enchanted land have every land type and that'll get you to five but like that's not reliable it's, it's gonna be really hard to yeah, tutor right. for it's gonna be hard to do so like for the most part you have to read these domain abilities as if they're going to happen twice or for x equals two and when they all have x equals two they're all kind of really bad mm -hmm. so we're gonna talk about them just to be thorough this one is rada coalition warlord this is like our third or fourth rada card i guess she's a four mana three three whenever she becomes tapped Another target creature gets plus X plus X, where X is the number of basic land types you control. So usually, whenever she becomes tapped, something gets plus two plus two. Well, almost true. Um, I was thinking about this. I was a little higher on Rada when they were first spoiled than I probably should have been. But that's because of, and it may be the our only effect like this, but a card, Nylea's Presence. Yeah. Enchantment makes, a la makes one land into all land types. Yeah. So she would tie up for plus five plus five, but is that still really you know what you're trying to do <laughs> if you can get nylia's presence online exactly that'll do good work like you could also do tricks with like navigator's compass well oh, yeah we'll mm -hmm. we'll put your domain count at three instead of just the two like there's mm -hmm. there's ways you can do this but like so much work the the things you're using to do this are almost impossible to tutor for and like without them your deck is not good and the cards themselves are also very bad now like, maybe it's no something one... that that has to scale, you know, like you you tap and use Rada's ability, and then on top of the creature that got that bonus, you also throw the Basilisk Gate ability. You know what I mean? Like maybe you just pile yeah. it all onto one creature, but I don't still don't think Rada's great. Yeah, I don't think any of the domain cards are great. Yeah. I think, I think my favorite thing about Rada 
and has nothing to do with her actual like function in the game is is in the lore she is currently at the highest position she has ever been in in terms of like seniority or rank of the Keldons. Uh and this is the lowest rarity card she's ever had printed. <laughs> nice. But she's yeah. a a gruel elf warrior so yeah. that's pretty I, cool. She's been a rare ever since her initial printing all the way back in a time spiral block when she was the heir to Keld. And then right. it lore-wise, uh Heart of Keld comes before Grand Warlord Radha, despite the fact that Heart of Keld came out in M21 and Grand Warlord came out in Dominaria uh 2018. But now she's the Coalition Warlord and got a rarity demotion. So, you know, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping for a mythic rod of the set and and it was uncommon so I was kind of disappointed by that. And then it had domain and I was more disappointed. Even more so. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Dang, they really doing Rada dirty." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it's unkind what happened to Rada. No. For for EDH uh, players out there, put Oborg in this deck. Yes, it's a legal card for this deck. Yeah. But for PDH players, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, our options are I don't. I don't think there are ways to make, like. You could still. You could build a casual deck and make her fun. Oh yeah. And just run a fun, lot of like yeah. Keldon things, yeah. Keldon flavored cards. Yeah, like yeah. that would be mm-hmm. neat, but it it wouldn't be good. Right. Speaking of war and or war chiefs, I want to talk about a goblin. Ooh, all right. Ooh, goblins. This is Rulik Mons. For one, a red and two green, you get a three-three with menace. And an attack trigger. Okay. Whenever this three-three attacks, you get to look at the top card of your library. If it's a land. You just put it into play. Goblin so, Guide. Explorer's Scope. This is a, a 3-3 Gruul creature with a built-in Explorer's Scope. And mm-hmm. if you miss the land drop off of his built-in Explorer's Scope... What do you get? A 1-1 Red Goblin creature token. Yes. I can dig it. This I like amazing. it. So he's going to do land stuff. He's going to do land fall stuff, probably, I assume. He's going to make a lot of goblins. Uh, and that's it. That's the whole card. <laughs> that's it. I, I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. What? What does... I've only ever played or even brewed with just straight-up mono-red goblins, what does Gruul bring to the table for a goblin build? If you want to go tribal with the round. You get, uh... you get to run not Togo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. That's fair. C-I-R-G-C-G-R-C type goblin. Uh, oh, goblin and archomancer. It's a good one. Okay. Oh, there you go. That's it. Yep. Back Reduces all your spells. Solved, Solved it. Tattermunge duo. Yeah, not and bad. you can do you can do all the crazy Chatterstorm there, stuff. And... There's exactly one mono green goblin, <laughs> and it's bad. <laughs> it's a three mana, it's, it's a three bad. mana one one with trample that gets plus three plus three when it attacks. Now hold on, hold on, Dave. Oh, because hold on, I'm thinking that Masked Vandal is a pretty good mono green uh... goblin. I've fallen oh, for the trap. No. Crash is going to hear this and he's going to come to my house and yell at me. <laughs> he's going to come across the ocean. It's true. Just to get you. I've I've made a grave mistake. How did you so, forget yeah, we gotta... about the Vandal? I forgot about the Vandal. Uh, shame. Yeah. Shame on my family. <laughs> so yeah, we got a cool Gruul Goblin guy. Yeah. He's pretty neat. It makes him do some landfall, make some goblins. The third Gruul commander we have, the uh, Legends Retold guy, is the one that I'm really excited for. Of all of the commanders in this entire set, this is the one that I have built a deck for. I built the deck like two weeks ago and he got spoiled. I'm that excited. General Targaryen nice. is what I've been calling what? I've been calling them General Targaryen. Targaryen? <laughs> all right. His name is General Marhalt Els Dragon. I was Sounds I was sweet. into his card in chronicles before i read game of thrones so i never i never put together any targaryen connection but this man is a four four for four mana 
with one very simple ability. Whenever a creature you control becomes blocked, it gets plus three, plus three until end of turn for each creature blocking it. This is a callback to the old Crazy. Rampage ability, which... Uh, the, mm -hmm. Which was on the original Elves Dragon. The original Elves Dragon had Rampage of one, which meant that he got plus one, plus mm -hmm. one for each creature beyond the first that blocked. It's a terrible right. ability, but <laughs> that's, that's terrible. really bad. Good old 9094. Um, <laughs> but giving this to all of your creatures is kind of enormous himself included. himself included when i first saw him i was like oh that's really cool but i don't think there's enough cards in red and green to like force your opponent to block things to make it real interesting and i was wrong listeners there are enough cards in time? red and green i i imagine all your creatures just need to have trample right uh, they don't need it. It's it certainly helps. Like I <laughs> I do run. I have crash through in my deck. Yeah. yeah. I have oh, um yeah. you know prey upon run amok. I can give them trample if I need to, but like most honestly most of the creatures in my deck are just like stupid useless idiots like orcish conscripts <laughs> and like jackal familiar that you're like that card's not good. I'm not blocking it and you're like yeah of course you're just gonna take uh -huh. damage all day and then like when your life is low and you're like oh I need to block that it's like ah oh, surprise it's a five five. <laughs> Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's, there's a ton of cards you can use to make people, people block things. There's a, uh, there's prized unicorn, taunting elf, Sheenan of life's roar, Seton's desire, alluring scent. Do we have any there's of a couple the, cards with provoke? Do we have any of the cards that say, uh, all creatures must block this one if able? Yes. Awesome. Uh, the first two creatures I listed have that. Okay. And the... Sheenan of Life's Roar has that as a channel ability, and Alluring Scent is that on a sorcery. Beautiful. Yes. And then you just uh, so have that four creature of trample. those effects, and then you give that creature nice. trample. Yes. <laughs> and you you also right. you also so the the super secret tech I've put in this deck is Jangling Automaton. Death Touch. It, no, it's not Death Touch. It's a. You should put it's Death a Touch. Three me I there's a couple Death Touch. <laughs> that Death Touch is really good. I feel like it's kind of overkill. Death Touch feels like win more to me, with Elves Dragon. Like. <laughs> Poison the Blade at least lets you draw it's cards. A cantrip. I should yeah. put Poison the Blade in there. Yeah. No, the the actual super secret tech is Jangling Automaton is a three mana artifact mm -hmm. creature that says when it attacks, untap all creatures defending player controls. Like, and they're not a defending player until their creatures have blocked. No, right? it's, it's like, as soon as you declare your attacks. Okay. Like the the problem with Elves Dragon in this like all creatures must block if able is like if their creatures are tapped mm -hmm. then they can't block. But if you untap all of your opponent's creatures and then say that they all have to block my stupid elf. Oh, I like, get you. It's like a build your own. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's my that's my secret tech. It's dumb, but I love it. I love this guy. Uh, I I completely yeah. read that like, like almost backwards. Like I thought you were trying to find a way to declare your creatures as blocked, but also not let them be blocked so their plus three plus three combat damage all just went through. Oh no no no. I'm I'm perfectly happy assigning okay. a lot of this combat damage to the creatures. Like that's fine with me. Yeah, no, that that sounds great. Like what I thought of probably isn't even legal <laughs> in the game. So no, this this is just my trick to make sure that the you, you otherwise you would be able to escape this dire fate by just tapping your creatures for things. Yeah. But if you untap all of your creatures, right, then the fun happens. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, I'm. And it's only four mana in Gruel. Right. That's that's easy to achieve, even with commander tax. Like after a couple yeah. turns, hard to kill. It's four four. Yep, I yeah. like it. He's a he's a beating. All right, I've talked way too long about this guy, so I'm gonna, gonna <laughs> pass things over. I'm gonna make this one quick. So we got Selesnia. Uh We're gonna start with the mm -hmm. garbage domain one. This is Zara Ojanin, sign of Efrava for five mana. 
a three generic, a green and a white, you get a four four cat warrior. And whenever Zara O'Janin becomes tapped, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control with toughness less than the number of basic land types among lands you control. So working off of X being two, domain is two, uh, you put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control with toughness less than two. Not less than or equal to, less than two. Do you know what happens when creatures have zero toughness, Brad? They die. Um, (laughs) So they die. (laughs) You're looking for creatures with one toughness that you get to buff once when Zara O'Janin becomes tapped. Right after turn five that you've already yeah after turn five. I mean it's green, so let's let's say turn four. Turn four. eh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sigil Captain is out here shaking his head in disgust. Yeah, I I literally have nothing else for this commander, so I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> the yep, the next commander is Queen Alenal of I'm, I'm I'm sorry I can't pronounce that name. Uh, Ruadak, Ruadak. I don't know. Vorthos will know how to do it. Ruadak. Uh, sure. It's an elf noble for green, white, white. Uh, star, star, power, toughness. Its power and toughness each equal to the number of creatures that you control. And if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, those tokens plus a 1-1 white soldier creature token are created instead. So yeah, so it's Celestia tokens. You know, nothing real special about that. You know, I, I, I know I, I know the meme for a while was Boros Equipment, but if we get another Celestia tokens commander in, in Brothers War, that's going to be the new meme. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Because, yeah, it's it's just Celestia tokens with a new flavor. Uh, this one's a queen, so if you, you know, want to run the noble, go for it. But I don't right. got anything else. Dave, you got something? A part of me low-key thinks that, like, Wizards discovered Popper EDH, like, a year ago, and is now just trying to saturate meta with so many legendary uncommons that they can step in and be like, hey, we've invented this cool new format. It's like EDH, but with commons only. And, like, and they'll uh-huh. introduce it as, like, legendaries only. So, like, th- they recognize that, you know, like, Okame Ranger and, like, you know, V2 Gazi Guildmage are things, but they need to, like, ramp up the numbers with the word legendary attached. Like, yeah. I have right. no idea if this is based in fact at all. It's it's purely hey, I purely love baseless speculation and conspiracies. Yeah. Yeah. But Gavin, Gavin, Sign if you're up. listening, please no. Leave we know leave our non legendaries so. alone. Yeah, we we yeah, Gavin, get at us. <laughs> we like preview cards, but leave our non legends alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, and the uh, the last one is the legends retold of the Selesnya commanders. This is Jasmine Boreal of the Seven. For one green and a white, you get a 2-4 human druid, which taps to add a green and white to your mana pool. And you can spend this mana only to cast creature spells with no abilities. And then it has one of my favorite lines of texts. Creatures you control with no abilities can't be blocked by creatures with abilities. That's, That's amazing. amazing. Uh, it's another Selesnya tokens, basically, because a, you know there are some tokens that cre- get created have lifelink or vigilance, and yes, those are abilities. So you're looking for the just the straight up vanilla tokens, but you know vanilla tokens. There it is. Yeah, people love yeah. their vanilla. Um, I, I I have a personal hatred towards this uh, commander just as a commander in general because I have a Ruxa deck <laughs> that I very much love, and ever since Jasmine Boyo was spoiled, I have heard from pretty much every person in my LGS that I've played Ruxa against. Have you seen the new Jasmine? You should build her, and I'm just uh-huh. like. I'm I'm going to strangle someone, because um, <laughs> like I understand Jasmine is good. I understand I get another color. I built Ruxa because I like Ruxa. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I you know 
that's just my my own personal <laughs> gripes. But you know, I, I like Jasmine as a tokens commander more than I like Queen Elenel because yes, it's still very blatantly saying do vanilla token uh, do token things, but it's saying do vanilla tokens, whereas Queen Elenel is just like do tokens. All three of them basically care about tokens, even though the Scion of Ephrava didn't specifically yeah because tokens. you're looking for the the one butts which are usually tokens exactly but yeah uh that's all i've got for selesnia dave anything else you want to add or brad no 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 i'm, I'm good with the green white you covered it awesome yeah let's move on to the uncommon enemy color legendaries uh, we've only got two of each uh color pair here instead of the three that we just went through and i get to start off with the best color orzov if you didn't know starting off first with my favorite Probably my favorite card of the entire set. Definitely my favorite uncommon uh, potential commander for PDH in the entire set. It's Aaron Benalia's Ruin for white, white, and a black. Three total mana. You get a 3-3 legendary creature, Phyrexian Human. It's beautiful. I would, I would play that as it is. With Menace, even better. And then you can pay a white and a black tap. Sacrifice another creature. That thing's the whole the whole payment there. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Orzov doesn't get to play with counters. Stop. Oh, they do now. This they is do now. A whole bunch of counters. Like not just like not like carrion feeder where like, oh, put plus one plus one on target creature. Nope. Just every creature you control. Here you go. We're we're just handing them out. And I think it's lovely. Because white loves to go wide. Black loves to sacrifice stuff and get tall, and now we have it all in one card. With Menace, so even if you want to semi-Voltron him up, he's hard to block. And it doesn't say put a plus one, plus one counter on each other creature you control. You know, Aaron gets bigger and is hard to block with Menace. And it's easy to cast. It's it's three mana, two white and a black. Like, this is just amazing. He's a very strong card. Very strong. I think the natural comparison piece is Maw of Gobzadet. Yeah. Which wants to do some similar sure. things by, you know, going really wide. Maw? really wants to put all of its energy into like one big alpha strike where you sort of like slowly build up mm-hmm. passively and then in one big turn you attack with like 10 creatures and you sacrifice whichever four get blocked so that whichever you know six get through are fatal this guy wants to right. go very slowly <laughs> you want to be you can only do the sacrifice once per turn but it's permanent so like yeah you want you want your opponent to be like oh <laughs> when did that token become a five yes yeah. i think it's very cool it's got some very new stuff to offer i'm really excited to see what people come up with for this guy yeah absolutely got anything on for aaron Liam? Nope. it just seems unfair <laughs> nope just, <laughs> just seems unfair <laughs> i know doesn't it all right let's move on to a two mana value orzov legendary commander it's Ilias or ellis ilcor sadistic pilgrim gotta love that name it's a legendary creature phyrexian core cleric party synergies and it's a 2-2 with death touch beautiful and it says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control you gain one life all right i'm on board and whenever another creature you control dies each opponent loses one life wow that's my second favorite commander in this whole set. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> i think it's an improvement on cruel celebrant which yep. was already yep. a very powerful card I think Death Touch is... Have, have you noticed, like, as an aside, have you noticed that a lot of these um, ally and enemy color commanders, multicolor commander, the uncommon creatures anyway, like, would play really well together? Like, Tobias, or, like, Raph, or Tobias and Tura would play well together. Or, you know what I mean? Like, side by side... Yeah. The uh, Aaron and 
Ellis would be really awesome together. Oh, now mm -hmm. I can add Wizards introduces the format Popper EDH as a partner thing to my list of as a partner <laughs> crazy anxieties. Yeah, there I mean, I I like Ellis. I just like to me this is just further like evidence that Wizards is like we need to get in on this PDH action and like people are using Cruel Celebrant, but that's not legendary. We need to create it's a legendary, legendary that does the same thing. And I'm like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, and we're going back to Dominaria in the future. What better way to make some legendaries? Yep. <laughs> yep, that's it. I'm on board. That's it. That's all we got for Orzov. We got two of them. Uh, who's got the next two? I think that's uh, It's me. I am your is it guide today, and yes. I am going to talk to you about we have Adelies at home. <laughs> In the past, we've had Adelies, who is, I think, a three mana, two, two with haste and flying. It says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, all of your wizards get a, a plus one, plus one buff. So it's like prowess for all your wizards. Mm -hmm. Adelie's just got dumpstered by this new commander, which costs one less mana. This is a two, two mana, one, three flyer. It doesn't have haste, but it comes out a turn earlier, so that's kind of fine. This is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus O, oh, and gain trample until end of turn. So... <laughs> You lose haste, you lose the wizard restriction, which is massive. massive. You lose one mana cost, which is huge. You get a one three, which is slightly harder to kill, I guess. It still dies to bolt, but that's fine. Um, it's more annoying. And to you kill. gain trample for your whole board. I think Balmor is gonna make some waves. I think people are gonna. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't think it's um, crackling Drake. But it's it's not far off from that level, I think, competitively speaking. Uh, I think it I think it's a very different kind of thing. Like this is a go wide deck. Sure, 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 sure. Like yeah. crack crackles oh, yeah. is very much a go tall. Balmore wants to go wide and then do prowess things. Yeah. But I think Balmore's gonna be really good at it. I'm gonna just keep talking about the other one and then we can have people comment on both at once. Yeah. Go for uh, it. the other is it commander we have is Najal, the Storm Runner. This is a five mana Beautiful. five four Ifrit wizard and he's, he has two abilities and they kind of feel conflicting at first but uh let's see what we're doing you may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash interesting you can do stuff on other people's turns mm -hmm. whenever najal attacks you may pay two if you do when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn copy it you may choose new targets for the copy so we have this weird dichotomy where he lets you cast sorceries on opponent's turns, which is massive, but he wants you to be casting your big sorceries like in your second main phase so that they get copied. <laughs> right. Which I think is really interesting. I think there's a there's really cool tension sort of built in here. Um, I like that his copy spells ability is an attack trigger, so you have to be prepared to like send him into combat and like keep him alive. Right. Yep. While also I like, the like quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. But then like the, the payoff for keeping him alive is that you just get to copy a spell every turn for just two mana. So you can copy the big ones, you know, five mana for a lava axe, two mana to copy that. You just hit someone for ten. Like that's not small. You can do some really cool stuff with that. No, that's not small at yeah. all. So that's uh that's Balmore and Najal. Uh what do you guys think of the Is it guys? I think they're gonna be a blast. I will I I'll tell you right now, I will brew up and probably play on stream a, a storm runner deck but it will not be good <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure how to build a deck that deals with copying spells and casting you know 
sorceries as Flash and all this other stuff uh, while caring about combat. So it'll be here's, interesting. Here's how you build the deck. Go to Scryfall, set mm-hmm. your color identity to blue and red and your rarities to common, and then do CMC mm-hmm. greater than four, type instant or type sorcery. And just read through that list, and every time you, you read something, you're like, this card is cool. I wish I could play it twice <laughs> in a row. Put that card in your deck. That's it. That's, it. That's your whole deck. I wish I could play it twice yeah. in a row. There yeah. we go. I like it. <laughs> that's your that's your metric. Yeah, I mean, I think they're good. I don't know. I just I, I I see so much innovation across a lot of the color pairs, and I just want something different from is it that isn't centered around instance of sorceries. And I know that's like from anyone else, the sentiment would not surprise me. Aren't aren't you? Like haven't haven't on previous set reviews you've been like this card doesn't say instant or sorcery I don't care about oh, it get it no, out of no, here exactly like, so so I am is I I am the the personification of is it instant and sorcery guy but like I look at white uh-huh. black which is traditionally a life gain pair and I see it gets Aaron which messes around with sacrifice and plus one plus one counters and you know sacrifice isn't out of the realm of reasonability for white black but the plus one plus one counter payoff is you know. I look right. back um, at the the Selesnya, and yeah, they're doing token things, but you know the the unique ability of uh, creatures you control with no abilities can't be blocked. Like that's cool. Blue red never gets anything like that. They either get a stat buff or they get a copy effect. I want something different. <laughs> like if 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 I have to say that is true. They didn't take the instance and sorcery clause. Yeah, to, like, like, the like next imagine level. if if it said whenever you cast an instant do cool thing or whenever you cast a sorcery do cool thing i would be fine losing one half of that clause if it meant i got to do something different and powerful you need to build knucklevy i don't know who that is it's it it's a cool i have to look red that up. blue commander that does one thing for instance and a different thing for sorceries well it's not even that it's, it's, it's not even that that i want i want i i just want something different i want a different payoff and it's always the same payoff because if it mm. because if it isn't a stat buff or it isn't a copy effect, it's wizard tribal, and wizard tribal is boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. So you you didn't lose your faith. in I have not it. lost just, my faith you're, in you're, is it. I just want something new. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, that's that's fair. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess for me, like this is a good point, and like where I'm at now, I've I've designed and built about. 80 ish pdh decks and so like mm-hmm. when when a new set comes out and i'm looking at the cards and i'm thinking do i want to build any of these like the the biggest threshold that these new things have to cross is are they different is this deck doing going to do something new and interesting that i haven't done already in one of my other 80 decks mm-hmm. and like so almost like your own personal uh database like we talked about yeah, last week. Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, one of the yeah. one of the database database restrictions is like, you know, don't submit a deck that's just a worse version of something else that's already on here. Like that's yeah. sort of the same thing. I want I want the deck to be new. And like every time I build a new deck, that the that threshold raises a little bit. Yeah. Like okay, now the the next one I build it has to still be new and interesting. Mm-hmm. That said, so I I completely understand Liam's uh, reluctance to be enthusiastic about these guys. That, that is a very reasonable reluctance. I'm still pretty excited about Najal. I think that this copy... You're right that copy has been done a lot lately, and copy is the theme of lots of is-it commanders now, but like having a copy that is built into a 5-4 creature that has to attack 
that's really cool to me. Like that is that feels yeah, it's like, not like a, a static like, ability or anything. I have I have an is it guild mage deck that copies spells. I have a league guild mage deck that copies spells. Like if I built Najal, it would be completely different from both of those. Yeah, because it'd be like an aggro copy yeah. spells list. Yeah, yeah, and I would be sense. trying to copy different spells. Like I, I this feels like a, enough of a departure for me that I'm excited about it. Uh, but I, I can, I can definitely see you looking at this and being like, "Oh, more copies, great." Yeah. When is, <laughs> when is the next set again? Like that, that makes uh -huh. sense. A good breakdown. I like that. I think that's the first real. Um situation or card where we've had like almost opposite and, opposite and ends not of the spectrum like, views on it you know go go off on a tangent but that's why i was so excited for that uh the blue red dragon and adventure guy from Baldur's gate because it was just different yeah that makes sense yeah lojan hits different yeah for sure all right well if that's it for is it i've got the golgari commanders and yeah. first up i'm sorry yeah yeah i know first up <laughs> we have uh four black and green for a 4-4 Troll Shaman uh, with a Domain ability. So that's it. Um, next up, there is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah, so, so <laughs> Bortok Boon Rattles Domain ability. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, so no, no reanimation shenanigans going on here, uh, choose mm -hmm. target creature card in your graveyard, return that card to the battlefield if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of basic land types among lands you control. Otherwise, put it in your hand. Hey, Brad, would you like to cast a 6-mana 4-4 four four that returns a 2-mana value card to your hand? No. Uh, okay. okay. No, I'm good. Me neither. What about you, Dave? Would, would you like yeah, to... I'll pass. I, I love Golgari graveyard shenanigans. Yeah, Dave, would, would you like to uh, cast a 6-mana 4-4 four four that puts a 2-mana value card into your hand or okay, a 3-mana value in, into... In, sorry, a 2-mana value into play or a 3-mana value into your hand? Let's, let's see if we can game this. Hear me out. All right. So we okay. get... I'm listening because I love Golgari. We Gilgari. get Nylea's presence so that we can reanimate it. five CMC things, and then we're gonna we're gonna set up some weird shenanigans so that we can like reanimate Bortuk with like a sack outlet and like a and you know, feign death, and then he does nothing because you have to cast him. <laughs> yeah, to cast him right. exactly. Like someone, if you someone at Wizards it, had an idea for this card, and then someone else was like, "No, no fun allowed." Make it suck. Make it the worst <laughs> thing you can imagine. Make it suck. Like on I love your every idea. Every just... axis of that ability. Right. Any any yeah. possible way you could we and anything you could do to make this ability good, take that away. <laughs> like, uh, if you cast poor Bortuk, he deserved better. It's six yeah, mana. Six. <laughs> Why mana. is this six mana? For this a four this four. should be a single hybrid black green mana. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't have like trample has, or death touch. It is a six nothing. mana four four. That is all it is. All right. That's it. Yeah, it's pretty much at, the, at this point. It's a six mana four four. Right. We, we've vanilla. talked about it more than it deserves. Okay. Next yes, up is uh, Ugg, Spawn of Tug. This is a black black green legendary frog beast with a power of star and a toughness of five. Its power is equal to the number of land cards in your graveyard. So that's different. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. And you may put that card into your graveyard. And then it's got black, green, sacrifice a land, you gain two life. This is reads like a get rug to me, but Papa version. And I don't hate it. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think it's terrible. I, I, I think like, you know, the, the land strategies in Papa, while still very powerful because Tatiova, you know, they, they lack a lot of the key uh, reanimation pieces like Crucible or uh, 
the excavator or maybe the multiple land drops like Azusa. Um, so, you know, they, they, they aren't sure. as, as broken and, and powerful as they are on EDH, but they, they still do some cool and different things. And I, I'm looking at this very much as a, as a pauper Gitrog. You know, you're not sacrificing lands to draw cards, but you're sacrificing lands to gain life and buff your commander. So it's different. Yeah, it's just different enough to, to be interesting. I, I would be really excited about this card if he... So, you know, many years ago we had Spellheart Chimera, power equal to number of instants yeah. Yeah. in your graveyard. And then we upgraded mm-hmm. to Crackles, which is power and tough or power equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard or in exile. So land which cards. Which was an enormous yeah. and a huge, huge upgrade yeah. because now your whole deck just doesn't lose instantly and irrevocably to Relic. Land cards in graveyard and, like, and exactly. exile. Right. I think I think if Erg said that, I yeah. think if Erg counted your lands in exile or in your graveyard, then I would be really excited about him. But like, I just can't get behind a deck that just loses to relic in a format where relic is in every deck like yeah you you have to be prepared to build this deck and understand right. that quite quite often turg or erg is going to be a zero power creature yeah, you, you need like you you better have a deck built for the, other circumstances the, the like, first yeah. three cards into your deck have to be brown ophi rust and is there another one that counters artifact abilities it's just those two isn't it brown ophi and rust yeah, those are the those yep. are the first two cards in your deck, and you build the rest of the deck from there. <laughs> yes, and now exactly. you're now you're playing a deck that re- is relying on drawing brown Ufi. <laughs> like that <laughs> is that where you want to be, man? Like probably. Older Hulk is probably. right there. <laughs> like yeah. Now, uh, if you like rule zeroed graveyard hate, this is probably pretty good. It can um, be. Yeah, it I mean be. the the Golgari PDH commanders this time around. Uh, disappointment and. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, they've definitely been more polarizing. These these uh, two color, or these um, enemy color legendaries have been more polarizing than the first ones we went through. Oh, speaking of polarizing, <laughs> I'll start with Boros. <laughs> this card made me actively angry when it was spoiled. It is Baird, Argivian Recruiter. It's a single red and a white, so just Boros colors to cast it. It's a 2-2. It's a legendary creature human soldier, which is all fine and good so far. At the beginning of your end step, if you control a creature with power greater than wait with power greater than its base power, create a one-one white soldier creature token. But wait, that's great, Brad. Why did that upset you? I, it's terrible. Like it's absolutely terrible. Like it's asking you to build a deck that's hard to maintain, or use combat tricks. A lot of combat tricks, or possibly. Kind of like your Selesnia commander that was asking you to use tokens without putting the word tokens on the card. I think this is asking you to use auras and equipment without putting auras and equipment on the card because everyone's tired of auras and equipment being a Boros freaking commander thing. We've fallen directly back into the equipment trap in in Baird. Yeah. And it's you know, and that's a lot of work to just... to get a one one. Why doesn't it make a two? Why isn't it? What if it was just like a, a Boros tokens commander and you just played anthems, Brad? Yeah, I know that's. Not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anthem as a as a as a majority white player, I've I've learned that most anthems are a trap. Because then you're asking because the easiest thing to do is to make a bunch of two ones with an anthem. Okay, well those two ones just die to to most oh, yeah. everything. They they die in combat. They die to sweepers. Like they just die. So you're probably left with a one one at the end of your turn. I like. 
<sighs> when I first saw this card, I I was sort of curious about it. I was like, oh, like that's an interesting puzzle. Like what are the what are the most efficient ways we can do to make sure that we have creatures with base power less than actual power? Sure. And like you you can yeah. there's some clever answers to this puzzle. Like Bone Splitter I feel like is the obvious answer, but like you can also look at cards right. like Star Pupil or Forge Apprentice. Like the, you know these little one mana zero zeros that come in with plus one plus one counters. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's that's a neat trick you can pull. But then like assume you pull this off every single turn. What you have is a you have now jumped through some hoops to get a worse Sky Knight Vanguard. Yeah, you jumped through right. hoops in deck building, not even in play. Right. In deck building. <laughs> in deck building, exactly. You've exactly. already exactly. lost. It, and you only <laughs> get one token. You don't get a token for each creature with yeah, power. Yeah, I think if it was for each, power. that would be significantly better, because then, then would you be would better. just play would, anthems and tokens and call it I would, deck. I would pay more mana for that. But like... Like if no one ever, if if this commander was you cast it on turn two and it never died, no one ever killed it, you never sent it into combat. By turn eight, you would have like four tokens. That's not Skynet. Skynet <laughs> Vanguard has the exact same casting cost. It flies and it gives you a one one white right. soldier that's attacking every time it attacks. Like this is oh. just outclassed. Like we talked about. I'm Talk I'm about things shocked. getting dumpstered, yeah. like Baird got dumpstered. Great word. I'm just it. shocked there isn't like yep. haste on this card. Like any keyword. Something. Yeah, it needs needs something. Anything. It needs yeah, a little any bit more. Keyword. Even if it's like it would be more of a threat, obviously, or a bigger target. I don't know. But even if it said, you know, had a static ability, creature tokens you control get plus one plus O. Oh. There you go. That itself makes the token. You know what I mean? It'll generate its own tokens, but it's still fairly easy to deal with. I don't know. Anyway, moving on to a more interesting one, a better one. Tori de Alvignant, <laughs> Fury Rider. Uh, one generic red, red and white for a legendary creature, Human Knight. It's a 3-3. Has Vigilance and Trample. Boom. Uh, that's double the keywords that, that Baird had. And it says, whenever Tori Fury Rider attacks, all other attacking creatures you control get plus one, plus one until the end of turn. Cool. Other red creature, other red attacking creatures you control gain trample until the end of turn. Untap, uh, <laughs> and then untap each other white attacking creature you control. Whew. So this is way more interesting right off the bat than than the yeah. last one. I don't know how much better or good it is, but it's definitely more interesting. It makes because it wants to pull you in a few different directions, and it feels more Borosy to me. Like I want to do stuff for my whole team. Like let's anger these people and let's make these people more. Star Wars. This, this seems like the popular equivalent of I want to say Winota. You're not dropping more bodies on the field, but they they get trampled, so they get through, and they also untap. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. To me, it feels much more like Agris Coast. Okay. Yeah, I see that one. I I can see the Winota connection as well. I think she's cool. I think she just you know she's she's an attack trigger whole board buff. That gives a different thing right. to the red and the white creatures. Gives the red ones trample. Gives the white ones vigilance-ish. Like, I think there's some cool stuff you can get up to with her. Be, be prepared yeah, to say, so. move to declare a tackle step. And your opponent says, okay, I murder. <laughs> Toy <laughs> <Right>. Fury Rider. <laughs> right. Bolt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, that's and then you too, pass like, through looking combat. At Tori, <laughs> looking at Tori versus looking at Baird. Tori, when it hits the board, is an instant threat. In yeah. Yeah. 
or, or semi-instant, whereas Baird's like, okay. okay Baird can sit the whole game, that, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. That is Boros Enemy Color Legendaries. What do we got next? Next up, we're talking about Simic. This is the last of our legendaries. After this, we have uh, mm-hmm. uh, another thing and then commons. But Simic first, uh, and I am I'm on a roll. No reason to stop now. We're going to start with a disappointing nope. one. Do it. Our domain Simic commander is a 4-mana 2-4 with flying. This is Nael Avizoa Aeronaut. I think she's like a surveyor that uses a jellyfish. I think that's what's going on here. She flies around in a jellyfish basket. and I don't know. Um, (laughs) 4-mana 2-4 flyer. Whenever she deals combat damage to a player... This is the domain ability. You can look at the top X mm-hmm. cards of your library, where X is the number of basic <sighs> land types among lands you control. Put one of them on top of your library and the rest on the bottom in a random order. If you control five basic land types, draw a card. Oh my god. Yeah. So, moving right along. Um, you know, I'm no MTG finance expert, but I think we should all spec on Nylia's presence. Like right <laughs> now, we should just buy it, buy them out. <laughs> yeah, the, both people who are going to build Terrible. domain decks are going <laughs> to... Exactly. They're gonna they're gonna come to us. <laughs> Our other Simic commander is much more interesting, much more exciting. We have a new mm-hmm. Tatiova. The uh the boogeyman of PDH everywhere is back in a new card. Uh-huh. Uh I think mm-hmm. it's less threatening than her original card, thank Odin. Uh but it's still got some juice in it. New Tatiova is a three mana three three. She costs green, green, blue. She has two abilities. Land creatures you control have flying, and sounds fun. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands, up to one target land you control becomes a three-three elemental with haste, and it's still a land. I think that is so. This cool. ability does not end at end of turn. It becomes a three-three land permanently. Mm-hmm. You can ramp forever and amass a huge ridiculous enormous army of lands that all fly uh you get to you can flicker lands to make a bunch of creatures flicker lands you can run you can run all seven of the good fetch lands you wilds terramorphic all five from capenna can fit into this deck oh yeah because that's not when a land enters the battlefield under your control it doesn't say it becomes yep the creature yep. so you can have the capenna land come in turn your your bridge into a creature and then off you go mm-hmm. okay cool uh you can there are two indestructible lands you can play with the dark steel citadel and the um the bridge yeah the bridge yep and i like that it says seven or more lands it doesn't say if you've got domain <laughs> or, yes or whatever um <laughs> you can also do some clever stuff with awaken if you awaken a land and make it into a zero zero with counters on it, and then mm-hmm. you make it into a three three, that does make it bigger. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Because it'll the counters are still better. Yeah. Stay. So yeah, you can you Love can it. awaken, you can beat people to death with lands. That's the new Tetiova. Cool. She's uh she's mad and she's throwing the earth I, at you. I, yep. I really do not like this Tatiova because <laughs> all the lands you animate stay creatures. And yeah, die forever. to fiery cannonade and breath weapon and 
That is true. <laughs> it, it doesn't say any, it doesn't say anything about them returning it, to your hand if they like the Zendikai. I cannot stand the land animation <laughs> strategy because of this effect. Because you either animate a land by some condition until the end of turn, and then you have to be able to repeat that condition every single turn, or the animated land stays animated and just dies. And right, so landfall create a three three. It's not. It's not even created three three. And if it dies, it's you're animate into a three three. It's worth. It's worth right. noting that you only animate lands after you have seven. So presumably at that point, one or two of them become expendable. Like if you do some weird flickering shenanigans, or or and like seven or more, fetch you... land shenanigans, and like if you animate all of them, and then someone goes like, oh, interesting, crypt rats. Like, I think that's hilarious. That's that's. That's that a hilarious. classic blowout, but like, ah, uh, it seems Listen, unlikely. You, you know, if you've got seven or more lands in play, and you're a Simic player, you're likely not tapping out every turn. You're holding up counter magic. One would hope. Yeah. One would hope. That's true. I, One would hope. I just, uh, yeah, I, I just can't get behind this. Like, but like, that's fair. Like crop rotation, like anything that puts two lands into play at once. Like, come on, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Harrow or Hollow, whichever one of these. Harrow. Yeah. Harrow. Yep. I mix those up. But yeah, I will definitely. I don't brew a lot of Simic, but I'll definitely see what I can ruin. Yeah, with I that. think she's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, that, I think, oh yeah, we got the we got the. That last is thing. the very last of the legendary commanders. Uh, we're gonna slide from here into some non-legendary commanders that we think might be interesting. Uh, yep. We're not gonna go into all of them because uh, you covered that at the top of the show. Dominaria is very much a limited only set it seems like so uh, many of the uncommon creatures are just kind of frankly not not worth building a deck around is that a safe way to say it that's a pretty safe way of saying it cool but yeah we're gonna we got a list of seven or so here and if any other any other ones pop up while we're doing this list we might throw them in here but then after these we're gonna move down to the commons so liam you want to kick us off with some non-legendaries see if see if we get less angry at them yeah, sure. Uh, so our first one that we're going to talk about is Wing Mantle Chaplain. Which, give me a moment to find it on my screen. Mm-hmm. Wing Mantle Chaplain is three and a white for an O3 human cleric with Defender. When it enters the battlefield, you create a 1-1 white bird creature token with flying for each creature with Defender you control. And whenever another creature with Defender enters the battlefield under your control, you create a 1-1 white bird creature token with flying. So this is mono-white Defenders. Uh, it is kind of like Arcades. So many bird tokens. Kind of like Arcades, kind of not, because you're using bird tokens instead of drawing cards. I can see some flicker shenanigans with this commando just to make a bunch of birdies, but they all die to board wipes fairly efficiently. So. 100%. So. Yeah, I could definitely be like a mono white bird tribal, you know, battle yeah, screech. Yeah, I, I can totally see this. Uh, populate. That I can totally see this being a thing, but I don't see any real competitive aspects to it. No, no, no. I don't either. It is categorically worse than um, Hoplite. I just think it's cooler. Reverend Hoplite. Yeah. yeah. It is cooler. It's more elegant. I like the creature and the ability itself better than Reverend Hoplite, but I don't think it's as good. Nowhere near as good. All right. Are we... Alternating, or are you going through yours? And I'll just through go mine? through them. All right. So if good. you thought one commander that cared about Defender was too much, well, I got news for you. 
Uh, we got a second commander. <laughs> this is Blight Pile, one in a black for a 3 3 Phyrexian with Defender. And it has an activated ability where you can pay two in a black and tap it. And each opponent loses X life, where X is the number of creatures with Defender you control. So, this is amazing. You, you start draining all your opponents for your Defenders, and they can't attack you because you have 05 Defenders. <laughs> Right, and I did a search for it like the second this card was spoiled. And at common, between mono black and artifacts, we have thirty three yeah. creatures with. Yeah, I, I figured the artifacts would buff that number because there's a lot of colorless walls. I, I think this, it, it's really janky on the surface, like super janky. Like for the longest time, before I got into like, I think be, even before I got into pauper or whatever, I was trying to build the secret doorkeeper or whatever, the one that mills. For creatures with defender you oh, control, yeah, I was trying to build yeah, that yeah. kitchen table deck, and it was terrible. But it was a hell of fun. Yeah, this is like that, but it actually seems like it could have legs. Like, could be very yeah. good. It's definitely got a lot of potential. I think the only way yeah. this card could possibly be better is if they fixed the creature type. It's creature type Phyrexian. That's it. <laughs> Phyrexian <laughs> what? It's it's just a pile of Phyrexian. Create the creature type pile, wizards. <laughs> Cowards, Gavin. I know you're listening That's to it. this. Phyrexian pile. I want this to be a Phyrexian pile. All right. Beautiful. And then I'm going to talk about. But yeah, there is a huge defender theme in Dominaria, but I am I'm a big. I'm fan going to talk about one more commander, uh, or uh, two more commanders. Uh, one of which is not on my list. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is a last minute edition. Uh, we're going to talk about Coral Colony, which is one in a blue for a one four defender, um, uh-huh. <laughs> and you can pay one in a blue and tap it. And target player mills X cards, where X is the number of creatures you control with, you guessed it, Defender. It seems like Esper has a Defender <laughs> sub-theme here. Because <laughs> there are no red or green yeah, commanders sure with Defender does. in this set. Yeah, I mean, you know, mill. And, well, and in blue, there's more than black. There's just blue alone, there's 47. Yeah. Uh, and you get, is, is Fogbank common? I feel like Fogbank is common. I will find out. Fogbank well when fog bank gets its downshift you will always be able to mill for yep. two because good luck removing fog bank <laughs> but yeah yeah so coral colony uh is awesome. just significantly worse petitioner's deck but you know you're playing it for the memes yeah if, if it said i know it'd probably be busted or probably not uncommon but if it said each player instead of yeah. target player now we're talking um and then the final one that i'm going to talk about and then brad can take the last one on my list because i went off schedule is knight <laughs> of dusk's shadow for one to black you get a 2-2 human knight with menace uh and an activated ability which said which says uh one to black it gets plus one plus one until end of turn. that's it okay so it's like a shade yeah. nothing fancy here just ignore the line of text that says mm-hmm. your opponents can't gain life. <laughs> that does nothing. Yeah, let's just ignore that. No, no, I'm not ignoring <laughs> that ever. We've only ever seen that no. printed before for for us at Rayo. Uh, well, right? on it's on only Tybalt. On Tybalt, Tybalt's not Tybalt's not a common. The uncommon Tybalt has that line of text. Your opponents can't gain life. What uncommon so, Tybalt? Oh, the, oh, the, the planeswalker. planeswalker. Okay. Yep. I was thinking here, like, what Un- uncommon Tybalt? What are you talking about? Planeswalkers aren't uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, if, if your pals meta, if you're ruling, rule zeroing in planeswalkers, you can have this effect uh, attached to Tybalt. 
but like this is the first time that we get it in our format like for real in a way that people can't yeah, like, like take away from you with it. the rule zero yeah so it's baby mm -hmm. Erebos. It's yeah. cool. So if like you it. play Erebos because you only want that line of text that your opponents can't gain life and you want an activated ability you pay one in a black for, I got a com I got a pop read age commander for you. There it is. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all you need. They're gonna be doing the exact same thing. I, I promise, because Erebos does nothing. It it doesn't do anything <laughs> productive. It doesn't even have text. It's crazy. But yeah, like like Erebos, the only thing I've ever seen that deck do is gain life because all that deck does is activate his ability. <laughs> so with Knight of Dusk's Shadow, you can gain life and rub it in your opponent's faces because they can't. <laughs> That's right. Get wrecked. All right. Well, I will start off my little list here with the one that Liam skipped over. That is Phoenix Chick. Probably the cutest art in the set. It'd probably look awesome in foil. Is it a single red mana? That's, that's the name of the card. Phoenix Chick. C-H-I-C-K. One single red mana for a creature Phoenix. It's a 1-1, one, one, uncommon. Has flying and haste, so a 1-1 one, one flying haste for one. Cool. Phoenix Chick can't block. And whenever you attack with three or more creatures, you may pay double red. If you do, return Phoenix Chick from your graveyard to the battlefield and attacking with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So it's a little baby Phoenix. What do you think? I think it's bad, but I want to see someone try it anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, it's just a 1-1, one, one, and then it's like a 2-2 two, two that just never, ever goes away, ever. And, like, right. people people are going to shut it down by killing your whole board. And then you and then oh, you sure. won't attack with three or more creatures, and you won't be able to pay two to get it back. But, like, I love the idea of it. I do, too. I think it's, it's cute. It's fun. I, so... Yeah. Yep, for I'm the longest you. time, I've wanted to build a Phoenix tribal in, in Commander because it's Phoenixes, and they all have, you know, neat little abilities that never get repeated on any other Phoenix, but they all reanimate from the grave in some way. I've never built this yeah. deck because all of these cards are objectively bad and, like, in, in terrible ways. Phoenix Chick fits that bill. It is bad, um, in my opinion, because it will get <laughs> shut down oh, so easily. Um, but you're right, it's cute. Yeah. And it's or, adorable. Or not even shut down. You just may end up not even being yeah, a threat. Like, like if that... if your commander reads Battalion, you may pay red, red, reanimate it. It's a 2-2. Two -two. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's just a, just it's stop. a 2-2 two -two that's tapped and attacking. Yeah, just just stop. No. I won't stop. It's going to be a good time. This is, All right. this so is a bad card. You remember when Body Double was downshifted, and then I was all excited. And I built the body double mono blue deck, and I streamed it on one of my Saturday P PDH streams, and I got wrecked, like completely wrecked with body double because yeah. it's terrible. I do remember that, yeah. As a commander, yeah, I was there. Well, we have something watching. that's a little more interesting. We have Elvish Hydromancer for two generic and a green. It's a three-two elf wizard. Uh, this is the first time on the show tonight that we've seen Kicker. So its casting cost is two and a green, and then it has a kicker of three and a blue. That's awful. And it says, when Elvish Hydromancer enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. It's harder to pull off, but I already love this more than body so, double. Let me get this straight, Brad. You're casting your commander for seven, and you get one token. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> well, it's, after you cast Ulamog's 
Crusher for eight. You get your <laughs> second Ulamog's Crusher for only seven. This is a discount. And it's Simic, so so you're probably at seven mana by yeah, turn four. Yeah, this is turn four. Yeah, Ulamog's Crusher turn yeah. three. Hydromancer turn four. Easy. <laughs> no. Done. Done. <laughs> no big deal. It's fine. Uh huh. <laughs> In BD, we with, got it. With we that magical soaring mana crypt downshift, I I missed last no. set. Uh huh. No, it's yeah. just like a. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's going to be a lot of work, and you're going to you're going to target. You're going to copy something really cool, like a crusher, or I don't know, whatever. You're going to copy it, and then it's going to die, and you're going to feel bad. There'll be a lot of feel bads with this commander, but I think. But it's hey, there's neat. a cool dragon in the artwork, so. There is a very cool dragon, so it's got that going for yeah, it. Yeah, if uh, I I had a conversation with someone on the home base Discord server, wanting they're asking what what what's the quintessential like Simic big stupid stompy deck. And I was like trying to come up with it. Like someone was like, "Ah, casual Tetiova builds, play big creatures." I was like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't scare people like that." Uh, <laughs> I was thinking like Thunderous Snapper maybe draws cards when you play big spells. Like I think this is the new yeah. quintessential Simic big stompy deck. Your your seven mana commander that Probably. just creates a copy of some big dumb idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is what I want out of Simic stompy. Yep. So I'm cool yeah. with it. I'll probably I'll try it out. All right, next up we're moving back to black with Monstrous War Leech. Uh, Monstrous War Leech is three generic and a black for a star star leech horror with kicker of a single blue. It says, as Monstrous War Leech enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, mill four cards. And then after that, it says, Monstrous War Leech's power and toughness are each equal to the highest mana value among cards in your graveyard. <laughs> Whew. That is a lot of work for a lot of stuff. Oh no! So, but it is Demir. I, it is Demir. So we got a little more, little more going. I'm reading for us. this as a Demir reanimator strategy, which kind of works okay. against yep. itself because you usually want to reanimate the biggest thing out of the graveyard, and you want your commander to theoretically be as big as it can be. But I guess this deck doesn't really care about the commander other than a way to mill cards for the reanimation, but. The reanimation is attached to a kicker ability, which means you have to cast it. It is true. I true. I think it, but it, you know, I th oh, I think it ahead. can be both. I think I mean, hopefully, you have enough big stuff in your graveyard that, like, if you reanimate your Ulamog's Crusher, yeah, your monstrous war leech stops being an eight eight. But like, as long as you've still got a Sword Coast Serpent in there, it's still a seven seven. Like, that's I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Even early on, if if you simply, I don't know. Evoke a Muldrifter and let it die. War Leech is a five five, yeah. and you got cards out of it. So it could be a we, value pile, reanimator pile, a little bit of both. We also need to mention that in the art, it's being ridden by a Hammerid. <laughs> I think that's really the reason. That's that's very important. All right, last up, we have a colorless creature. Our first colorless creature today. It is Walking Bulwark for single mana. It's an O three artifact creature golem with Defender. There we go. We got there. But it does have extra activated abilities for two generic, colon, until end of turn. Target creature with defender gains haste, can attack as though it didn't have defender, and assigns combat damage equal to its butt rather than its power. Activate only as a sorcery. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I think we'd have to look. I, I assume mono blue walls or mono blue defender have the bigger butts than like black does. Is, is this the first like legit but. playable colorless commander in popular dh no i have a colorless i deck. like it 
Okay, having well, a colorless deck and having the commander be playable are two different things, Al. <laughs> I, <laughs> Walker of the Waste is better than this card right now. Uh, Goblin Artisan is better. Waste. Sandstone Oracle is better. Look, you can't just make up card uh, Path Razor of Ulamog. <laughs> All right. Is there okay. any better... Is there any better colorless commander for PDH that cares about defenders? No. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I, I wanted to add this to the list because I, I think that right now it is terrible. Because in colorless, there, I, there are something like, it, there's less than 20 walls, and a lot of them are kind of bad. Like, one of them is a 2-1 mm -hmm. with first strike. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want that yeah, to attack right. and design damage equal to its toughness. That's, That's bad. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, like... I think this is something that we should keep an eye on. Like, I think five years from now, if Wizards keeps on going at the rate they're going, we'll have a hundred colorless walls, and this this will have legs sometime between now and then. I'm with you. Yep, I, I love I, I love the Defender Tribal we got going yeah. on. Yeah, I think there's some cool stuff here. I don't know if I'll play a build a deck specifically for the Bulwark, but I love what's happening here. Yeah, yeah I think it's very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. But yeah, I think that wraps up uh, most of the, if not all of the uncommon potential pdh commanders that we had dave while liam and i were talking did you happen to come across any more you wanted to go over no i'm all set you're all set okay well i think we can move on to the commons what do you think yeah it's time well, it's time for the 99 that's right yeah that doesn't matter for set reviews. We're all excited for new shiny That's cardboard. These are right. But yeah, like I, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we're not going to go over every single common. Mainly, I think for two reasons. One, this set feels very limited-based, uh, draft and sealed sort of thing, limited environment. And two, we didn't want to take up that much time. <laughs> and three, I don't think a whole lot of them... I don't think there's a lot that are going to impact our specific format. I don't even really see a lot that are going to impact like 60 card popper constructed uh, formats, that sort of thing. So we just sort of picked a list and we're going to run with it. What do you guys think? You like that idea? Yeah. Yeah. Looks for me. Dave, you want to start off since, since you've been rather quiet for the last, however long. Sure. I, I'm going to start us out with some white commons. Yeah. Love it. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Brad that this set has a lot of very low impact cards for us. I think white has maybe the 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 most cards that are at least moderately impactful mm -hmm. the one i'm most excited about is destroy evil this is a two mana instant that will destroy a creature with a big toughness or destroy an enchantment i i like feed the swarm enough i've played with it enough that i, I really have begun to appreciate that flexibility in a format where like mm -hmm. sometimes enchantments can be very oppressive or sometimes you end up in situations where no one is playing any enchantments at all, and you need to you need your cards to be very flexible. Yep. So I like the flexibility and destroy evil. Yeah, I do too. Normally we get these modal spells that are like destroy target artifact or enchantment, mm -hmm. but I like that it's creature and enchantment. Yeah, yep. or like red will give us these ones as like destroy an artifact or destroy a creature with flying and more than two power and more than five as <laughs> right. cost. You're like, what? When am I ever going to hold on? Yeah. Like, Sorry. Yeah, I, I think that this is... I mean, th there are restrictions on this. It has to have a certain amount of power and it doesn't hit artifacts, yeah, but has, I, I think that's still good. has to have I'm a certain amount of toughness. Yeah. Is it toughness? So. It's toughness. Toughness for toughness. Re Reprisal is the power toughness one. Forward. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I'm not actually looking at it. I'm going to real quick mention Rapid Fire, a couple of other white cards that I think might be impactful. Uh, uh -huh. I think Banalish Sleeper is going to be cool as sort of a white-black flesh bag. Yes. I love 
that we are getting another one of these effects because I think it's interesting. And I love that this particular version of the effect isn't something that you can sort of abuse with like Arayumi's encore or, you know, or unearthing it or like flickering it because the, the, the everyone's sacrifice effect is stapled to its kicker cost. So right. you can't abuse another, it, which I like. Another thing I love about it too is generally in my decks, if I'm playing black, I'm playing fleshbag mm-hmm. you know or chain mm-hmm. devil one of those things but it's not uncommon to find myself in a situation where i'm holding on to those cards for three turns yeah. because there's nothing that i want my you know there's nothing to sacrifice exactly. or my opponents have no creatures or what have you this can just come down as a three one yeah. creature if you want two mana to. three one and it's not bad as yep. a two mana three one it delivers some beats. no that, that's it's great very good yeah mm-hmm. semite herbalist is a card that i feel like a lot of people have sort of slept on so far this is a two mana two one that every time it becomes tapped, it lets you scry one and gain a life. And within the context of this set, it becoming tapped, I think, is meant to be like an enlist thing. Yes. Uh, we'll talk more about enlist later. Oh, okay. But okay. I think yep. within, the, within the sense of PDH, I think we have, you know, Viridian Longbows. I think we have Vehicles. I think we have Springleaf Drums. I think there's a lot of springleaf drums are big. safe ways mm-hmm. to tap this that just is repeatable every single turn you get to scry one in white and i think that that is massive and like being undervalued by a lot of people you can also just attack with it it's a two one if someone has no blocks yeah. like it's that's beats that'll get in there yeah and and, and coming up last it's a, it's a, a party member incidentally oh yeah it's a cleric for those, yeah. for those terrible Brad, you yep. gotta stop trying to make party work man <laughs> <laughs> not Damn it, it'll happen. Nalia will get downshifted eventually. That's um, right. Last really quick one I want to squeeze into the white ones before I hand off the mic is uh, Citizen's Arrest. This is pretty much always a worse Oblivion Ring, but mm-hmm. it's got double white pips, which means it's that that's huge. Really important for Reverend Hoplite and Springjack. So yep. I yep. think it'll see some play some places. What's the Chimera from Theros Beyond Death that cares about your devotion? Day, Daybreak, Daybreak something? Yeah. Yep. So... Things like that. Yeah. yeah, that's my white. All right. Groovy. Well, my white is uh, pretty short and sweet. Uh, I have <laughs> Stall for Time, which I have up here on my screen totally right now. Uh, stall for Time is two and a white. <laughs> uh, it's an instant, <laughs> and it has kicker one and a blue. You, its effect is tap up to two target creatures. If the spell was kicked, put a stun counter on each of those creatures, uh, and then you draw a card. And for those who don't know, Stun Counter is a new evergreen counter. Uh, And what it means is if a permanent with a Stun Counter would become untapped, remove one from it instead. So if you're familiar with the Frost Link's ability, it is basically Mm -hmm. that ability, the Freeze ability, but in counter form. So much easier. So much easier to track. You know, there's, there's, with, with, as much as Wizards is giving us to track these days in terms of like moving things between graveyard and exile, this is a, a nice kind of break from that. But more importantly, I, I look at the rules implications of this where it's a counter. You can proliferate those. You sure you cannot can. proliferate a Frostlink's effect. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, at, it's at, such a at the design. very least, this is a three mana instant which removes two blockers for the alpha kill. And cantrips. You know, at the best, it's five mana to remove two blockers for two turns and cantrips. Okay. Yeah, and at that point, it's almost a removal spell. I, I, I am so looking forward to jamming this in so many decks, especially ones where it doesn't belong, like my Ethos 1 Sphinx. And, like, it's a stun count. Like, how 
like simplistic is that? How how has that not been I, done I, yet by this I game? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> anyway, no, I like it. I like stun yeah. a lot. I like that it is interactable. Very cool. Ooh, is it my turn? It is your turn. I have one and a half white cards because the second one I'm not super excited about, even though I thought I would be. Uh, first up, though, we have Argivian Phalanx. Phalanx? Phalanx. Five generic and Phalanx. Argivian Phalanx. Thank you. Five generic and a white for a 4-4 human core soldier uh, for different tribal synergies if you care to go that route. However, this spell costs one generic less for each creature you control, period, and it has vigilance. So it's a one mana 4-4. Four, four. Got it. It is a one mana 4-4 four, four with vigilance. I think this is really powerful. Maybe maybe I'm overrating it for a four-player game, like a, a PDH commander or what have you. It's probably a lot better in 60 card and probably going to be dominant and limited but i am really happy with this because i've pretty much given up hope that sarah angel will ever be downshifted to common so this is sarah angel at home <laughs> i guess what do you think i really like it it is part of a cycle i think that some of the other parts of the cycle are probably more exciting because they have more impactful like instantly impactful. yeah i yeah. feel like they have i feel like others have similar cost reduction so that they can very easily cost one mana and are just sort of bigger but uh, yeah. yeah, I like yeah. I like the phalanx. Um, I guess my my complaint about the phalanx is like the the kinds of decks that I wanted to put it in were the kinds of decks where I'm already going really wide with your raise the alarms and your captain's calls. Yep. And in those mm -hmm. decks, like card for card, I need my things to be making more than one body. So like oh absolutely. I would, you know like I'm 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 looking at putting this into like my go wide decks and I'm seeing like. Yeah, I could I could pay one mana for the the four four, but like I would rather spend like three mana and get two bodies that are smaller because I I'm gonna buff the whole board. So like it it feels like it's in kind of an awkward spot for me personally, but I'm no I'm I'm totally with you, and I think a lot of what you just said is why I imagine it in like a sixty card format because imagine turn four mono white deck you just you drop three of these. Bang, bang. Oh yeah, that could be massive. You know, turn four, you just drop twelve power on the board with vigilance. Like that could be pretty backbreaking. But that that'll uh, get there. Yeah, I do. I like it as a creature. I like that it gets a mana discount, and it's not one of those uh, cost one less to cast for each creature that attacked this turn or some other condition. You got to jump through. Like this is just straight up. However many creatures you control, it's that much cheaper. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Yep, it is good stuff. Uh, let's move on to the next one that I I really do like but i don't want to like it i'm not sure where i'm i'm not sure where i'm at on it yet i guess it is heroic charge it's an anthem basically it's two generic and two white and it has a kicker of a generic and a red so for six total mana it says creatures you control get plus two plus one until the end of turn if this spell was kicked those creatures also gain trample until the end of turn hmm. i i can't i don't i don't I, I don't see myself playing this card like Two one, you know, plus two plus one. That's fine. I don't know. In a Boros deck, probably Boros deck. I don't know how many creatures you're gonna have out by turn six or eight. That getting plus two power and trample is really gonna like knock out all of your opponents. That's my only problem. With I it. feel similarly about it. I when I first saw it, I was really excited. I was like, oh, this is just oh, super excited. Just strictly better than like inspiring charge. Which is which yeah. is just the four mana instant for plus two plus one, no kickers or anything, and like I run inspiring charge in a handful of decks, and I was like, oh, this is just strictly better. This is going to be great. Uh, it turns out that all of the decks I run inspiring charge in are not red. I just have it in my like <laughs> Selesnya decks. So like I was I was looking at like which Boros decks am I going to run this in, and like I don't 
have any Boros decks that want this effect. So I was like, uh, I like this card, yeah, but I'm exactly. not playing with it. Like, what happened here? Yeah, it, it, it's almost asking you to go into, since it's a common, it's almost asking you to be put in a three-color deck of some sort. Like, most Boros commanders we have are aura and equipment based. Yeah. They don't necessarily go wide. I mean, I guess you could throw it with Baird and throw it on your <laughs> token you get. You know, you can, you can attack him on turn 28 for six damage if you yeah. want. Yeah. Trampling damage. There it is. <laughs> Um, I, there I think is. there's I think it. there's one deck that is the perfect home for this, and it, it's a deck that I had okay. many years ago, but I've retired, and uh, because it, it wasn't interesting to me anymore. That deck is Blaze Commando. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So Blaze Commando is the kind of deck where you're going to you're in Boros, you're in the right colors, you're going to be making an enormous number of tokens, and you want those tokens to get swole as hell. And this is the right. card that's going to get you there. The problem with Blaze Commando is that I built it in like 2014. In the next, you know, few years, I I probably racked up like fifty games with it, and like mm -hmm. it's very linear. It does not do fifty games worth of interesting things. It's got maybe like forty interesting sure. games in it, and then the last maybe. <laughs> after that, it's like, oh, it's this again. Okay, like... this again. Like you can almost predict what the next yeah. card's gonna. So be. if anyone out there is working on Blaze Commando and it's like, ah, this needs more anthems, like I've got a card for you. It's heroic charge oh, yeah. and it's really exciting. But like otherwise, like. Six mana. It's six mana. Or four mana. I mean, yeah. If you don't, mana, if you don't need the trample, yeah. then it's it's That's it's true. perfectly acceptable point. as an inspiring charge, which does see play in a lot of decks. Just not, yep. not Boros ones. Not Boros. All right, Dave. I think you're. Oh, up. it's back to me. Are we back to are we you, my friend? We're about to talk about the best card in the entire set. All right. <gasps> Buckle yourselves in. We're going from heroic charge to this. This is fake news, okay. but okay. The best card in the set. Don't listen to Liam. Is it's called Shore Up. This right. is a one mana blue instant mm -hmm. that gives a creature hexproof plus one plus one, and untaps it. And it's the art is a giant homerid shaman. It is like Larry the Lobster. It's a big. It's a big lobster. It's a big big yeah, shellfish. Huge, massive. That's awesome. Yeah. So like the number of decks I have in which I want blue things to be safe and I want things to untap is just enormous oh, like sure. we, we've had we've had similar effects before you know with little one mana blue instants that give hex proof or like one mana blue instance that untap a thing but like having both yeah. of those effects on one card is monstrous this card is going that into is, that like is, yep uh, okay i i lied we have crystal grotto so shore up is the second best card in the set but uh i stand by this 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 is a this huge impact yep and little I mean, they're not cantrips because you don't draw a card off of them, but they feel like a cantrip when you cast them. Like they almost feel like you're getting away with something. Oh yeah. Like you throw dive down or shore up or whatever in your deck, and it almost feels like a free slot. I mean, it's not obviously, but it just feels like that because they're so easy to cast. Yeah. And they're so powerful. Yeah. This is a monster of a card. So, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So is is that your last blue card? Uh, that's my only blue card. All right. So I'm going to give you some better blue cards than artwork with a homerid in it. Because, Dave, were there any homerids in the set? No. Just art that had some in it. So homerids don't matter. I'm sorry. 
Um, Damn, you're going straight for the throat with this one. Um, So the first one we've got uh, is, is, I was told to talk about it. Uh, I'm not sure why, but it's also the first time I'm reading the card. So here we go. Talarian Terror is six in the blue for a 5-5 Serpent. Uh, It has Ward 2, and it costs one less to cast for each incident sorcery card in your graveyard. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's nice. This is is the blue part of the Argivian? Argivian. Yeah. The Argivian Phalanx. You mean a cycle? mean a one a one mana blue Gurmag Angler with Ward Two isn't good? Uh, it seems alright. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good. Like, it seems like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It seems eight. Eight seems seems eight. He's he's about to eat a whole castle. Uh, well, he's about to eat. <laughs> but it's not a castle. It's Talarian Academy. It's it's oh, it's uh, one yeah, of yeah. the it's Talarian it's Academy. one of the Talarias. One of the Talarian Academies. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So uh, what's infinitely more interesting is the next card is Impede Momentum, uh, where for one of the blue you get a sorcery which says tap target creature and put three stun counters on it. And a reminder that a stun counter is if a permanent with a stun counter would become untapped, remove one from it instead. So, you know, outside the proliferate abilities, untapping a creature, there there are some effects that say untap a creature. So, you know, this isn't just Mm -hmm. untap step. If your opponent wants to untap their thing, no, it just removes a counter from it. Like, what? Like, if Dave casts Shore up on his stunned <laughs> yeah. creature, all it does is take off a counter. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. untap the creature. And then Impede Momentum then scries one, which is pretty good. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I think see. this card is insane. I think it will probably see a, a decent chunk of, like, 60 card play. Just that, that, ab- oh, I that ability so. just it, shut something down That's like so that. Good. Mm-hmm. The, but, yeah. the, standard, the standard cost for that ability is three mana. Like, yeah. if you want to look at something like Charmed Sleep, yeah, like th- three turns is long enough that it's uh, it's lethal. similar-ish to indefinite turns. Yes. So like you, yeah, it's almost just been removed. Yeah, we're we're comparing this to Charmed Sleep, which is you know the three mana aura tap tap enchanted creature. It doesn't untap. Yeah. In many ways, the 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 comparison is very favorable because Charmed Sleep only stops the untap step. Like yep. You can still untap it with spells or abilities. And Trump sleep counters you don't. Trump sleep can be removed. Stun counters you just gotta right. wait it out. You can't disenchant mm-hmm. the impede momentum. It's just yeah. there, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, it's not a. It's not like a pacifism or anything. It's right. Like, it just puts counters on. Right, there. and you scry one. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, why yeah. Not? Sure. Yeah, yeah, this card is gonna be impactful. Yeah, it was like it was like when they were designing it, they thought, well, a single blue mana is too. It would be yeah. too busted for this card. So let's make it cost two. That feels a little weak. Ah, just tack on Scry. Yeah. Just let him Scry. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's perfect. Uh, but then you get the actual best card of the set, uh, which is Timely Interference, uh, where for a single blue mana at instant speed, target creature gets minus one, minus zero until end of turn, and draw a card. However, this card has Kicker, uh, which is stupid, mm-hmm. because the ki- all the all the <laughs> Kickers in this set, all of them, the Kicker color is different than the card's main color, which in formats like PDH and EDH, makes them secretly gold cards. Um, so Timely Interference's kicker yes. cost is one in a red. Uh, and if this spell was kicked, the creature that got minus one minus O blocks this ton if able. This card is hot garbage, uh, but the art is amazing. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, I, I, I'm dissing uh, Dave over here for his harm red art, and this art features uh, our legendary student, Ulf. Uh, and if you know anything about my profile picture, you would know that I used the original art in Ultimate Masters of Frantic Such, which featured a student, mm-hmm. uh, presumably at a, a Talarian Academy, but it was actually Lotnam, looking for a book, right? Like frantically searching for a book. And that's all we had. 
and yep. the Vorthos community yeah, for a long, for a long time. time. And the Vorthos community lovingly called him Stuart and made him the. I, I found this one out recently. Uh, made him uh, the gay boyfriend of the unluckiest planeswalker. Uh, and <laughs> that's in, amazing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just try imagining that duo. And so now we have timely interference and we got a whole story. Th- See, Dave, they gave off a story. They didn't give a story to Homerids, right? They didn't give no crab stories, but they gave a story to Alf. Uh, and here we can see Alf escaping uh, Phyrexian clutches by a Viashino warrior. And yeah, so Alf is getting more story, and that's amazing. So, like, I, amazing. you know, my, my new profile picture is Alf screaming, clutching this book, because Phyrexians are scary. <laughs> we, we, we do love Alf in this house. Yes, and it is currently day 16 of waiting for an Alf creature card to be printed. <laughs> yep. For those we'll of you who are following <laughs> me on we'll Twitter. <laughs> Gavin. Gavin, we know you're yeah, like, look, right. look, I, It's the third time we've yeah, shouted you look, out this I episode. understand that Ulf didn't get a creature in Dominaria United. However, all I'm saying is there are plenty of Commander sets and plenty of Commander Legends and plenty of Horizon sets. Put him in any one of those. I don't care. You know what? Give me a secret layer. Give Slot me a secret right layer. I'll take it. Just, just me specifically. There you go. <laughs> Just, just send it yeah. to Liam. You're good. Okay. All right. Well, I also only have one blue common that I am interested in. Well, Impede Momentum is a good one. I will definitely play it. But one that really stuck out to me was Phyrexian Espionage. It's a very sweet title. For two generic and a blue, it's a sorcery. And it has a kicker of one generic and a black. The first sentence is, you draw two cards, which is decent for two and a black, or two and a blue. If this spell was kicked, each opponent discards a card. I'm very interested in that. I like those effects. I like whatever cre- or you know card you cast, each opponent discards a card. Whether it's a creature or a spell, I'm always on board for things of that nature. I don't think it's super powerful, but the fact that you're, you're up to on them is, is nice. What do you think? Playable, not playable? Is it more just brew fun, or is it actually like semi-competitive? I'm still working that out for myself. Uh, when this card got because I feel like I feel like the cards that say each opponent discards two cards is infinitely stronger than each opponent discards one yes. card. I know it's just a right. card difference, but it feels like a whole well, yeah, world apart. I don't know if you guys think like this, but whenever I'm playing, especially against a black deck, I'm always like looking at my hand and kind of ranking everything and being like, if I'm forced to discard a card or if I have to lose something, what would it be? But I'm never sure. really thinking about what two things could I lose from my hand. Because if I'm thinking what two things, I'm usually not in a good spot. <laughs> right. That, that's a good way to put it. So I, when this card got spoiled, I, I got a, a lot of questions about it because I, I have a very sort of prominent black-blue discard deck. And a mm-hmm. number of people wanted to know if this card was going to make it in. And I honestly think it's probably not quite good enough uh, I love the idea of drawing two and making everyone else discard one. I just don't want to pay five mana for it. That's my point. Like, I wonder if the the sentence draw two cards, if it was anything else, like something that affected the, the battlefield or something that, you know. The thing I would absolutely pay five mana for is a body that had this effect. Because then I could... So if it was like three mana for a, a, a one three that if it was kicked... They discard a card. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the cal- or if the five was just in its mana yeah, cost. Cal- Caligo Skinwitch is a. Uh, it's a good card. <laughs> I like Caligo Skinwitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. So the the problem in in my particular black blue deck, I I generate a lot of discard value by like casting Burglar Rats and Elderfang Disciples and then bouncing them back to yes. my hand with Marsh Crocodile and then recasting them. 
and then bouncing them to my yes. hand again with ninjas and then recasting them. So like burglar rats says everyone discards one, but in practice, a single burglar rats is probably going to make everyone discard three, maybe four cards over the course of a game, which is bananas. Because this card isn't a body, I can only use it once. And in the sorcery slot, it has to compete with uh, Siphon Mind, which just has it categorically outclassed. Oh, which is just better. And like sure. and things like, you know, Tassiger's Cruelty. You're talking about the everyone discard two effect. Like, Tassiger's Cruelty is everyone discard two, like, for a single mana. Like, I can't... This this one card that's going to cost me five mana to get a single discard, and I mean the, the the divination is nice. It's it's got a good floor case, but like the the deck is so tight that I don't think I can squeeze it in. Yeah, and taking the kicker off because there I'm there, there's bound to be times where the kicker is not going to apply. Mm -hmm. I just don't ever find myself wanting to play divination in PDH. Like, yeah, like some sometimes there just feels like better ways to get card advantage. Sometimes you want to evoke a mole drifter. But that's sure. because, like, the, the card itself gives you options. Like, you can evoke it, right. or you can just play it and have a flying body, or you can evoke it and then flicker it. Like, that's that's the that's the floor that divination needs to meet to be good. And like, divination by itself isn't there. And this this is right. divination plus an option. It's just it doesn't feel like the option is strong enough to see play in my like competitive decks. And I typically don't enjoy making everyone discard in my casual decks so uh I, I forget which card we were just talking about a little bit ago but you said or maybe maybe it was this one where you're like if it came with a body yes. it'd be yeah so if this was like draw a card and if the spell was kicked create a one one black rat that has when this enters the battlefield each opponent discards a card uh that that's you know good. what i mean there, like something along those lines that like it created it was a draw spell that created a body even if, yeah, even if it yeah. just like i kind of i look at the art because like you said the art is sweet i think i just want it mm -hmm. to be a bird if this was a this sure. was a cloud kinsir a three mana two one etb draw card with with added bonus if it was kicked everyone discards like that would be a slam dunk in marsh crock it'd be a slam dunk oh, in a lot okay. of decks perfect uh so yeah, yeah if, perfect. like if you because that's something tangible you can interact yeah. with. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if you took away the divination and just if you swapped out the divination for Cloudkin Seer and stapled the kicker onto that instead, like I would be gotcha. for this card. Gotcha. And, and I don't think you're strictly talking about Marsh Crocodile either. Like that just sounds like a better yeah. card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like overall. So And it would it would it cool. would fit the art better too. <laughs> like I can't I yeah, can't understate true. this. Thirty percent of the reason I want this thing to be a bird is just the art i like the art tricks me every time all right well i think we are done with blue i only had the one blue card uh do you got any black ones for us Dave? i do i have two black cards for us uh one of them sweet in the continuing theme of this cycle of big cards that reduce their own costs the black mm -hmm. one is uh it's very good it's uh it's a five five with death touch that reduces Ooh. its cost based on the number of creatures in your graveyard and I, I don't have it in front of me. It's it's called Writhing, Writhing Necromass. I don't remember what the original cost is. It's either seven or eight. Uh, it's six colorless and one black. Six and a black. So yeah, okay. Cost seven minus the number of creatures in your graveyard. So I think this is going to... I mean, it's just a it's a massive body for not very much. It is. It's a That's huge. Gurmag Angler-ish in many ways. And we like the mm -hmm. Angler here. We do. Angler with Death Touch. So yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot more to say about that so i want to go into the black card that i think is much more interesting and yeah. that is 
Eerie Soul Tender. This is a 3-mana three 3-1 three that mills you three cards when it enters. Mm-hmm. So already it is the card Necromancer's Assistant. But this is a Necromancer's Assistant that's better. And it, like it's wild that it's that because I, I play Necromancer's Assistant in a handful of decks. I think it's amazing. Yeah, that is a cool card. And like, this is that but more plus another massive relevant ability. The other half of this card is Morgue Theft. This, this creature essentially has a flashback <laughs> ability where for five mana, you can exile it from your graveyard to return another creature from your graveyard to your hand. Okay. So it's a it's a necromancer with the flashback of morgue theft and like right. I want those two things together. I've wanted those two abilities on the same card for years. I didn't know that I wanted that, but as soon as I saw this card, I was like, <laughs> "Until you oh, got it, <laughs> you nailed it! Like that's incredible. This nailed is it. this is the design that I like wanted to see. So I'm very excited about this for self mill decks. Uh, it's going into Firja. It's going into Autoumi. It's going into uh, my autumnal gloom nope. deck. Why would you, like, we have literally the gamut of mana value spells that return a creature to your hand from your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Why is this five mana? Because you like, it, it, don't... Is that just the safe amount? I Well, I think we, we recently got in a master set. We got Crawl from the Cellar, which is just Morgue yes. Theft, but one less. It's one to cast, four to flash it back, and I think it also puts counters on the zombies or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think four is the safe amount for strictly that effect. I think five is reasonable for this case because this card is a lot more by itself versatile. What, what you're really paying for here is is the, the versatility in this effect. It can either, it, it does the self mill and it's a body if you need a body and it's this recursion thing if, when you need the recursion. So to have all of these stapled to a single card, so you get all three of these effects without while only spending a single card from your hand like that's really what you're paying for okay that makes sense i just i saw that four in a black and i'm like wow that's yeah, five mana you know it's but... expensive but like i mean if we're comparing this to it is, it is raise great. dead like the, yeah. the standard rate for this is a single black mana and a card from your hand yeah and okay. if you're dodging that second bit you have to pay a lot more mana that's true. That's a good point. Like you, you're not wasting a card in hand. To exactly. Do this. That's why it's good. And like it. It's good mana sync. It, yeah. Okay. I'm excited about it because it never has to be in your hand. Like if you mill it into your graveyard, you have access to this ability. Like you don't. You don't right. have to play it and then have it die and then spend five mana later. You can just mill it into your grave with Autoumi or with Firja or with anything else you want, and then you're like, oh, then it's essentially an extra card in your hand that you have access to without ever having drawn it yep makes sense that's it for me and black cards all right Liam, you got any uh, i do have one? a single black card uh and it's it's fairly short right. and quick and sweet uh it is extinguish the light for two black black you get an instant you get to destroy target creature or planeswalker uh planeswalker type not usually being super relevant unless you're in the pals meta uh, if the thing that was destroyed, if its mana value was three or less, you gain three life. Probably not going to be too terribly relevant, uh, but this seems kind of sweet. And I'm looking on uh, just jamming it in a couple random life gain decks, uh, just because it's a fun card. But I also chose because in Killian, this only costs black black. Uh, that is true. In Killian, <laughs> this doesn't really cost black black, which makes it really good. Um, but real good. But yeah, no, uh, it'll probably end up in my Dina deck. It may, sure. it may have been killing. I'm not entirely sure yet. 
Yeah, it may synergize with life game. Yeah, and no, sort it's of it's totally just like a chill card. It's like you know, not nothing broken about it. It's just fair and fun magic. So, I'm yeah, here for it. Absolutely. Uh, I actually have one black card on my list, and then another one that I just want to kind of go over real quick. But the first one is Gibbering Barricade. It's another defender. It's a mono black defender for two and a black two. It's a two four, a nightmare wall, which is pretty awesome. Uh, it has Defender, and for two generic and a black, you can sacrifice a creature, you gain one life, and draw a card. I think that's pretty sweet. That's a nice ability. Um, literally up until the moment I read this card on air right now, I thought it said you lose one life and draw a card. And I thought, that's still sweet, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, but you gain one life and draw a card. No, that's awesome. That's great. I'm a huge fan. Goes into the Defender Tribal. Bingo, bango. It's a Spark Reaper that doesn't die to bolt. And I am into that. I want more of these effects. I think yeah. this is two four is going to be a little difficult to kill with without just a straight another up slam spell. dunk for Dina. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. Uh, the next one I kind of want to touch on is the the next one alphabetically. It's Phyrexian Vivisector for a colorless and a black. It's a two two. It's a Phyrexian human. When another creature or when a creature you control dies, you scry one. It's real simple, real straightforward. We've had this semi effect for a while. Uh, before, but you don't, you don't have to sacrifice a creature to do it. It just happens when a creature dies. Um, this could be a way to help dig through your deck faster. In the uh, Mogwarts uh, commander that we just read a little bit ago, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Slightly, I don't think it's slightly the, worse viscerous here. Yeah, just slightly worse because you can't do it when you want. But you know, I I like to think of it as a more aggressive word eye witch okay or, uh, that makes I think, sense i think the best one of these effects is probably the imp that we got in Baldur's gate because that triggers the scry ability whenever a permanent dies it's not just creatures so like that lets you scry off your treasure tokens and your blood tokens and stuff and that's kind of ah, nutty yep but i do like that this is just a two this is the cheapest one we have the the two mana two two mm -hmm. is, is uh this is gonna find homes in a lot of very aggressive very aristocrat stacks because it's giving you this card selection which is enormous and it's just a beater and like the the card selection yeah. isn't like you can very safely attack with this guy and if someone kills it you're like all right i'll scry one it did its job I'll like scry one what to do now i got a creature in the graveyard for my other shenanigans right like so. you're you're super fine with this so. dying it's not it's not something that you need to like hold back and defend you can yeet him into the combat with everyone else and if it dies it's fine and you get your right. value exactly uh dave why don't you tell me about a minute minotaur berserker i would love to so i put minotaur berserker on this list because i feel like at some point in this stream, we have to talk about Enlist, which is one of the cool new set mechanics. Good call. Uh, Enlist yep. is going to be sort of kind of like banding, where when your Enlist creature <laughs> attacks, you get to essentially pair it with another creature that could have attacked. Uh, you're, you're creating like a one big attacker out of these two creatures. Um, but the mechanics are different. Like banding got scrapped a long time ago because the mechanically rules it's a huge mess. Enlist is their attempt to streamline that and make it nice. So the enlist mechanic says when this creature attacks, you can tap a non-attacking, untapped, non-summoning sick creature, which is a, a very long way of saying another creature that could have attacked if you wanted it to. Uh, and instead of that second creature attacking, you're just going to add its power to the enlist creature's power. Mm -hmm. 
I'm still not sure how good this ability is. I think there's going to be some value in it in terms of like there better be. sending one creature into really tricky, squirrely blocking situations and like only risking the one creature instead of having both of your creatures die. Um, right, but but you're still down two creatures on the crackback. Exactly. You're, you're tapping both of so. your creatures for like one big attack and like sometimes it's going to make blocking easier for your opponent. Like a lot of these things don't have trample or evasion. So if you're like, I attack with this one creature and I'll make it bigger with my other creature, and they're like, I block with a goblin. You're like, oh, uh, damn, I didn't think of that. I wish I had attacked sure with them separately. Like, right? Yeah, I, I'm trying to imagine situations where it's really good, and I'm like struggle. I'm sure there's something. I'm just sort of struggling to come up with it. So, um, when I, I, I should talk about this card. Uh, it's a four mana three four with enlist and trample. I think I'm not looking at it again. Four mana, three four. You are correct. and trample. There it is. That is that's it. Uh, yeah. Enlist and trample. So, like, Minotaur Berserker. This is my favorite enlist card because it has trample, and I feel like enlist really needs that. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until the pre-release when I get to like play around with the mechanic and see how it plays in practice. But for now, in theory, I'm sort of unimpressed by the general theme of it. But I want to know more. So my big issue with enlist. Is, is because it's like a modern banding, it has its own problems. Uh, there has been no clear direction on how Enlist interacts with Haste, as far as I've seen, because Enlist states, as this creature attacks, you may tap a non-attacking creature you control without summoning sickness. When you do, Correct. add its power to this, creature's, to this creature's until end of turn. The problem with Haste is it doesn't remove summoning sickness, it just lets you act as it. if the creature doesn't have it. So it's right. just like, Haste is like, yes, this creature has summoning sickness. However, we're going to ignore that. But it because care. the issue is if you, if, if you had an effect that removes Haste from a creature, it can no longer attack or activate its own abilities. In addition, Haste specifically references attacking and activating its own abilities. Enlist is coming from a different like object so it's it so really so there's been no clear direction on does haste let you enlist it or does haste not interact with enlist and your hasty dude has to attack by itself uh, there's been no clear direction it wasn't on the pre pre-release video i haven't seen any tweets about it uh the it was not in the mechanic video i i don't know <laughs> I, I feel like the reminder text on enlist where it's like, you know, doesn't have summoning sickness. I feel like that's probably just them shortcutting the the thing, the, the haste thing. And you, my, my guess is that, yes, you can tap your haste creature to enlist. Right. I, I, I would hope so. However. <laughs> I, I would, right. You'd like to think that, and yet. <laughs> and yet, here we are. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I, too, will wait for official rules releases there. Yeah. I, and and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm judging my local pre-releases, and this is the one rule that I, uh, I need to know. <laughs> All right, listeners, show up at Liam's pre-release and ask him this question Please ceaselessly. Play nothing but enlist Please decks. Don't. This is your goal. Stop. All right, Liam, you have one red card also, <laughs> but it's sort of a reprint. Uh, yeah, huh? I do. So my red card is called Hammer Hand. Uh, it is a single red aura. It enchants a creature. When Hammerhand enters the battlefield, the target creature cannot block this turn. 
and the enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and has haste. So there it is. That's your haste. Yeah, this, this is haste. how you. There, there so it is right this there. is this you is the card it. you need to bring to Liam's free release to annoy him. I swear, I swear to everything. <laughs> so this is this is the fourth time this card is being reprinted. Uh, it is the first time it is getting new artwork. The reason I want to mention it uh, is because of that new artwork. Because if you go back to the best card in the set, Timely Interference, you see Ulf <laughs> getting defended from a Phyrexian by a Viashina warrior. When you look at Hammerhand, it is that same scene moments later from the opposite end of the room. You can't see Ulf anymore, but the Viashino has very clearly wrecked the Phyrexian. Some, it has wrecked, some would wrecked say him. he has hammer-handed that Phyrexian. Yes. Ooh. And I just nice. wanted to mention this card as a continuation in the saga of Ulf. It's cool. I, I love when art cards line up like that. It, it's really cool when they can, and I know it's simple, they're on commons or whatever, but it's so cool when they can take one to three cards and make like a little mini story yep. within those, within a, within a bigger yeah. set. Yeah. That's really they, cool. They did that with um, Forbidden Friendship, Capture Spear, and Cathartic Reunion. Yes. In the Ixalan set. Yes. Sets. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was a Koi, not Ixalan. <laughs> Ikoria, that's right. So I was, I'm like, yeah, in the dinosaur set. Wait, hold in on, because <laughs> it's a dinosaur that he's friends with. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. Right, but yeah, that's we all can, I got. We can edit right. that out. Yep. We can what? That's all I got. Oh, for red. Yep. Oh. All right. I actually, I have two red cards. I think they're both pretty decent. We'll see. First one up is Enthrall to the Pit. It's three generic and a red for a sorcery with kicker of. Let me open that up. Two and a black was the kicker cost. And it says, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until the end of turn. If this spell was kicked, sacrifice that creature at the beginning of the next end step. So your, your opponent does not get their commander or their biggest creature back, which is very nice. This is very expensive. Uh, five mana total for a wrangle, wrangle or a threatened type effect. But uh, specifically decks like Galt, uh, Gut, Solus, Zealot, my, my um, Rakdos Gut, that sort of thing loves wrangle effects so i don't think there's a problem there and i just love them i love the spell designs i love all these effects like i just in every format i wish there was a playable successful wrangle steal your creatures deck and i would just play it all over the place because i love i love these types of spells other than that i don't know how good it is but i'll definitely play it as just another copy of a of a steal effect what do you think for me this is another one sort of like the the heroic charge where i got really excited about it and then i looked because mm-hmm. of the color restrictions, I started to look at which decks it was actually going to end up in. And like the, uh-huh. I, I like you, I love threaten effects. I have decks where I've just jammed in all the threaten effects for no reason <laughs> other than that I think it's uh-huh. hilarious. All of my red-black decks that have threaten effects, they already have like four to ten sack outlets built into the deck so that I can so do the sack. an extra three mana. so that i don't have to pay an extra three like carrying feeders just free <laughs> like mold folk costs one now i do i do kind of like it as it's semi-removal i mean yeah if you pay the kicker they're not getting it back so i, it, I do kind of like exactly that. but yeah you're right i for sure the the bigger paying the plan that you're talking about you are correct if if i had rakdos decks that didn't already have massive sacrifice engines built into them like i might put this in my deep fire elemental deck uh because that's a very removal heavy deck that generates a lot of mana and doesn't have a lot of sack engines but like this card sort of tragically just doesn't make any sense in jury or carter because those decks already have a dozen ways to sacrifice creatures that cost less than three mana which means i can run the the less expensive threatens 
and still be removing the creature and getting some other sweet benefit out of it. So like, it's a, it's a very cool card, but it's one much like the heroic charge that is probably not going to make it into as many decks as I thought. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I think that's exactly right. That's a very good way to put it. It's really cool on the surface, but in the end, it probably will not be in many decks. Because of color restrictions. Right, exactly. Uh, my next one up here, my second one, is Molten Monstrosity. Where did it go? There it is. Scroll past it. It is part of that same cycle we already talked about. This one is seven generic and a red for a 5-5 five, five with trample. It's a Hellion, which is sweet. And it costs X less to cast, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. I love it. Like a one-mana 5-5 five, five with trample. Granted, it doesn't have haste. It'd probably be broken or whatever, but... It just seems so good. Like, of the creatures in this cycle where they cost X less for if you meet a condition, this one's likely my favorite. Definitely my favorite. What do you guys think? Like, I, I didn't even realize this was a cycle, so... Yeah, if you sacrifice a bunch of stuff and and get Dargo out of the command zone on, like, turn two or three, then Molten Monstrosity is a one-drop 5-5. Five, five. Like, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> it just seems so good. Like, I don't know. It's still... It, whatever dies of removal and all that good stuff <laughs> i just like to play big splashy creatures for real cheap even though they're probably gonna die yeah so i totally didn't like even realize this was a cycle until we you know mentioned it on the show and of course i'm mm-hmm. looking at it now and the green one is of course domain we don't talk about the green one <laughs> it's a four card cycle how is the green one objectively the worst the in this cycle oh because the all because a... all the others can go down to a single mana but the green one is seven in a green base and can only be discounted by five. It's an eight. Oh, God. It's an eight mana four six. <laughs> oh, why is it At four best... six? The other ones have been five 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 four How four. How is like... the green? Okay, never mind. Okay, what? back on topic. We, we don't talk about the green. <laughs> That's one. a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't talk. No, about I'm that. I'm really excited about this red one, the molten monstrosity. Uh, I have a Brinolin and Elena deck, which. The whole idea of Elena is that she taps to add mana equal to the greatest power among creatures that have entered the battlefield under your control. So if you can find, mm-hmm. you know, five-ish power creatures that cost one or two mana, then Elena is just mana positive for you that turn, which is oh, bonkers. Sure. And like this is the most egregious mana positive card that you can like get in Elena, I think. Yeah. There's a couple That's that crazy. are will go like positive by one or two, but this this is just gonna be like this, this literally is pay a single red mana for a 5-5, five, five, and also now you can tap a Lena for 5 mana. So, like, that's, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, and the, um, this whole cycle of creatures that, that get a discount based on the criteria, a lot of that criteria is color-specific but very easy to achieve. Like, in a Rectos deck, yeah. you can have a bunch of creatures in your graveyard and have high power on the battlefield and cast both of these. Yes. You know, the black one and the red one. Like, it's really cool. It's not, They're not so specific that they can't... They can only fit into, like, one color deck or whatever. Definitely. And, like... These are, I, I think these conditions are very, like, cleverly templated and, like, elegant. Because, like, we're talking about this like it's a one mana 5-5, five, five, and it definitely is. But it is not a, it's not a turn one, one mana 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. Like, it's, you're still casting this 5-5 five, five on turn, like, you know, 5, 6, or 7, whatever, late late game mid game to late game when when having a five five is appropriate it's just that you're only spending one mana for it and the rest of your mana is up for counter spells more creatures interaction like whatever you want so like i think the value in these cards is going to be just massive yeah absolutely all right well i do not have a green card so i will leave that up to you too oh okay we've already mentioned dominion my green card is uh one of the dominion cards domain (laughs) don't don't domain i said dominion yes 
Dominion yep. is a completely different card game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, the domain. Much better than domain. Uh, I feel compelled to talk about uh, my my child, my son, the sunbathing okay. Rootwalla. <laughs> I do love Rootwallas, all of them, all the time. We have an interesting one here. This is a two mana two two with the 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 standard issue Rootwall ability is that once per turn you can pay some mana to give it a, a buff. Usually it's you know three mana for plus two plus two. I think was the original Rootwall. They've gone up. They've gone down. This one is four mana for plus X plus X where X is domain. In a five color yeah. deck, this could be four mana for plus five plus five once. Or in a two color deck, it's four mana for plus two plus two and it's bad. But yes. I just yeah, in, this is another one of those cards. In PDH, it's very limited. Probably just downright bad. <laughs> and that's okay. And I have made my peace with it. But I need to mention the Rootwalla. <laughs> and I need to mention having made my peace with it. I'm going to love this card. Yep. If it was not a Rootwalla, it probably would not be on the list. Not even a little bit. That's my only green card. Red has zero. I have one, just that I can mention how disappointed I am. Yeah. Liam, save us. All right. That's a good green card. <laughs> so for green, we have Bite Down which is one in the green for an instant. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker you don't control. Do you play Rabid Bite? Do you like Rabid Bite? You should probably swap it out for Bite Down because it also hits planeswalkers. You probably and, should. And, <laughs> you know, while in PDH, again, usually not that relevant, if you're playing in the Pals meta or a Rule Zero meta where you do allow planeswalker commanders, this is a new relevant removal spell. Mm -hmm. So I dig yeah. it. Is it exactly the same card as Master's it is, Rebuke? Uh, I don't know about Master's Rebuke, but it's exactly the same card as Rabbit Bite, but includes Planeswalkers. Master's Rebuke is a two-minute instant. Target creature you control is damaged equal to its power to target creature or Planeswalker you don't control. It is It is exactly like Master's Rebuke, except they changed the font size. Clever, clever. So instead of being on 3.2 lines of text, it's now in three lines of text. That, that infuriates me. There, <laughs> there's literally no difference in the wording at all. All right, Gavin. We've asked a lot of you in this episode. Yeah. They've, but they've done this a lot. They've done this a <laughs> lot recently, and it's infuriating. Yeah, no, it's the exact same thing. It just... Yeah. All right. I mean, that, they that's changed cool. The Master's size. Rebuke is a great card. You know, I would, oh, I'm you know delighted sure. to have two of them. They Definitely changed flavor. the font size because there's an extra line of flavor text. That's fine. So the rules text got shrunk, which I'm okay with that. But come on, come on. That just bugs me so much. <laughs> All right, let's get past those pesky color pips. Uh, I got one artifact right. to talk about. And then we'll, we got a couple more cards each to look talk about, and then we'll, we'll start wrapping her up. But yeah, this one I think honestly might be the most impactful card from this set for our format. It is Shield Wall Sentinel. It's four generic mana for a 1-3 golem with Defender. So that's kind of cool with all the other Defender stuff going on. But it says, when Shield Wall Sentinel enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with Defender, reveal it, and put it, to your, put it into your hand, and then do the shuffle. We have a lot of very good creatures at common with Defender. This card is monstrous. Yeah, like Mnemonic Wall. Just right off the top of my head. <laughs> Drift of Phantasms. Drift Thermo of Phantasms. Alchemist. You're tutoring for your tutor piece. Yeah, Thermo Alchemist. Thermo. Wall of Roots. One. Wall of Roots. Mm -hmm. Overgrown Battlement. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do walls combo now. You know, there's, uh, Basilica Guards. I mean, there's another one. Barrier Bones, that sort of thing. Like, there's so many. Tuck, Tuck, yeah. Rebel Fort. Woo! Uh, yeah, Tuck, Tuck, Rebel Fort. Give those guys Crashing haste. Crashing Drawbridge. The haste continues. Tinder Wall. Yeah. Sunscape Familiar. 
familiars are good. Doorkeeper. <laughs> ah, we got there. <laughs> At last. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. We, and and a lot of the walls we have at common synergize with other types of strategies too. So. Weirdly, my favorite is uh Tidewater Minion. Like I recognize that it's far from the best, but it's like my favorite wall in at in Popper EDH. I need to look that one up. Oh, we have uh yeah, the familiar Sunscape Familiar. Oh, this Tidewater does Minion. put it in hand, so you could use um if you're really hunting for mana, you could use this to uh get a Sanctum Plow Beast for the cycling abilities. Yeah. Or <laughs> You could uh, grab a bamboo grove archer for the channel ability too. That one I think uh, hits go. a flyer. Yeah, this one's gonna be huge. Like, if you see a shield wall sentinel, you probably know that something something Timmy is about to happen. Yeah, something something big and splashy is about to happen. But that's it. That's all I got for commons. All right. Who's next? I think I think Dave's out. Right. I could talk about some of the lands. Oh, I've already caught up the lands, so I'm gonna do that unless you okay. want to. Uh, no. All right carry on so i'm first going to talk about an artifact before we get to the lands uh i'm going to talk about meteorite which is uh -huh. the only downshift to common in main set and the commando set so for those who don't yes. know meteorite is a five mana artifact when it enters the battlefield it shocks anything and it is a manolith it taps to add one man of any color uh this is a limited all-star in every limited format it's ever been in yeah, and absolutely. is a timmy edh card in every EDH deck that's ever been put in. And I, I'm guilty of putting in EDH decks. I, I am excited <laughs> for this thing to be down at common now. Um, a, another card that I might find a slot for in my Aether Swan Sphinx decks just because I like it because it's stupid. Because, because it's... it is. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm definitely windmill slamming this into E-Sphinx. Oh yeah. Like it's just like... like... Yeah, I would too. It's... Yeah. And so, yeah. Like that's I just always get I into these situations where I, I start cascading with the Sphinx and like you'd think that when you cascade for nine off the Sphinx when you hit a mana rock like, oh no that's <laughs> yeah. low impact but like it's not the case you hit a mana rock and you're like it's not oh delightful yeah that's like two mana for towards the next time I cast the Sphinx exactly like when you hit a mana right. rock that just also like kills a thing like yeah yes please I'm sure you could bounce it flicker it do exactly. whatever you want so yeah so so you know I'm I oh. am ecstatic for this to to have a downshift Abdel decks are going to flicker the meteorite oh, yeah. to murder people oh that's what it that's oh, yeah. what I was seeing on Twitter yeah. the Abdel decks yep but yeah and then I want to talk about uh one land card here Crystal Grotto uh when it enters the battlefield scry one. Uh, it taps to add a colorless, and you can pay one and tap it to add one man of any color. So this is just our standard filter land at this point um, that we've been getting yeah. pretty regularly um, at, at the common rarity. And the, some of the more recent ones, we've had uh, Cave of Temptation, which is uh, from Modern Horizons 1, which you can sack to put two counters on something. Uh, you've got the study hall from Strixhaven, which uh, does some scrying things. You've got painted bluffs, which is the desert one, and then uh, you got the gate one from uh, Battle for Ball's Gate, which has the added ability of uh, tapping an untapped gate to make a treasure token. Yeah. I'm when when I first saw this, I honestly thought it was a shimmering grotto reprint, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice that they reprinted this." And then I realized it was not <laughs> shimmering grotto because it scries it's a new card so yeah so so i'm excited to see this kind of play space expanded upon you know the none of these lands are too terribly extremely powerful maybe the the gate one is but like i think it's just good i think it's just good what do I, you think, I think you need to come up with a really really good reason to not include this in every single pop radiage deck you build yeah well i mean maybe monocolors maybe but even then they've got the room in the banner base because we just don't have a lot of non-basics Monocolors are the decks that want this the most. 
Really? I guess. Yeah, because you, you yeah. don't need the. F I mean, th this card is garbage at fixing. Like, if you're playing yeah. this to, to fix your mana, you've you've made a, a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. This card, like. <laughs> ETB. I, I play this as if it's basically scry like one. a Zalfirian Void. Yeah. Like, it is an untapped land, taps for colorless, and it scries you one. So, if you're in a monocolor deck, you don't need the fixing. Yeah. You just windmill slam this into every monocolor deck you have. Oh, okay. That makes sense. If, yep. Like, I guess they have no reason to not downshift Sulfur and Void at this point, I guess. Huh. Yeah, I mean, if they did, I would windmill slam that into every monocolor deck I own as well. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, th there are a couple decks that I won't put this in, and I I have come up with very good reasons to do so. Like, my five-color deck <laughs> yeah. does not want to rely on this card for its fixing, because, th again, this is garbage fixing, and it doesn't really need to scry one that badly either but yeah like for basically every monocolor deck almost every single two color deck you need to come up with a really good reason to not just oh, yeah. put this in every I was, single deck i was thinking it was a windmill slam for every two and three color deck out there uh i'm i'm more hesitant about the three color decks because i i just really don't like it as fixing well i uh, i'm not really banking on the fixing i'm more banking on the scry the fixing is just in case oh, you need helps it. yeah if yeah. you're in multiple the, colors the, right. the, the, yeah. the fixing is just in case you need it the, the, so the fail case is the is yeah. the mana fixing. The fixing is in case you need it, but my my scratch my three color decks don't want to run colorless only lands. Yeah, that's true. Like they don't that's they don't want point, decks that yeah. tap for non colored mana because they're they're already like struggling to make the mana base consistent. Then just and in, this would like just the in, scry. So I I don't think the scry helps smooth out your mana as much as having a colorless land would hurt your mana. So um, I, I'm hesitant in the three-color deck. You could but... just solve that by enchanting it with a Nylea's presence. <laughs> there you, see, we got there again. It's all coming together. Yeah. Uh, hey, Liam. Th yes. Why, why don't you tell me how Watsy said, screw the reserve I list. I know. We're going re to reprint duels. So, so Watsy was extremely kind to this set. They decided they were going to take the reserve list, throw it in the trash can, light the trash can on fire, throw the trash can at the moon uh and then nuke Ooh. the moon uh because we've <laughs> nice. got dual lands we've yep. got true honest to goodness dual lands they've got new yep. names right so they don't violate the resolve list there right you've got idyllic beachfront it is a land plains island that's it it's amazing that is beautiful Contam contaminated aquifer land island swamp amazing okay you got the rakdos ones geothermal bog uh, Wooded Ridgeline is the Gruel one. Radiant Grove is Selesnia. Sunlit Mush is uh, Orzov. Molten Tributary is Izzet. Haunted Mire is Golgari. Sacred Peaks is Boros. And Tangled Islet is Simic. We just have new Duel Lands. There's nothing wrong with these. Thank you, Watsi, for being amazing and finally getting rid of that pesky reserve list. I know, right? Uh, that was very you know, kind of them. These, you know, we did get strictly better versions of these with the snow ones last year in Kaldheim. Sure. But those ones entered tapped, and these ones don't. So, yeah, these ones definitely don't all have the line enters the battlefield tapped. Right. Great. No, not, not at all. Like, like honestly, good lands for your deck. Um, you know, the, the, there's really no reason to run these over a regular tap land other than maybe the ones... Uh, that you would run in green decks for uh, your Nature's Laws and Farseeks. Yeah, if you're looking for a specific type of lane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although, I guess in blue decks, it does help Mystic Sanctuary, so you've, you've got that. Oh, yeah, that is true. So, yeah, I mean, you should just run them over tap lands because they are just strictly better, but you've also got, you've got gain lands. You've got the uh, the Camp Eye and the, I don't know what to call them from uh, Capenna, but the, the two-color tower lands. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just, I just call them all campus lands. Uh, you got the campus lands. You got the bounce lands. You got you got lands 
from the last couple of years is that Watsi's really been pumping full cycles into into Papa, which is nice. The yeah. bridges can all go burn uh, in a place, please. <laughs> um, please. Please. Uh, but yeah, no, these, these lands are amazing, and they definitely don't enter the battlefield tapped. Don't no, and they're yeah. a fraction of the price. And they're, they're a fraction of the price. They, they literally took these these lands from Rayo that if they would ever be reprinted to Mythic and just downshift them to common, they were just like screw it, downshift them to common. You know, and and they work with like um, if I'm reading that right, they work with like core cartographer, yeah, Pilgrim of the Ages, the ones that find you specifically planes. Yeah, like but, I, I just mm, I gra- grab your Oros uh, Zorius one, grab your Orzov yeah. one. Whatever. I mean, I don't know about sixty card, probably not because the bridges are just insane. The bridges and even the the Kaldheim lands are just. Better. Yeah, yeah, uh, but like cubes and two color PDH decks gonna love these things. Oh yeah, the cubes gonna love it for sure. Cubes gonna love these so much. <laughs> yeah. And then you got—I mean, we do have a handful of spells like Fire Blast or Defile, things that care about specific card yeah. types. Where you know you can jam these in on top of your other duels if you wanted to. But, and and like I said, yeah. these don't enter the battlefield tap. Just just ignore that line of text. Yeah, just—it's not even—it's not even on the cards. You don't even have to ignore it. It's not even on the cards. And don't look it up. Just. Take his word for it. Yeah, you know you're gonna open them in packs. They're gonna they're gonna say they enter tapped. They they received a, a day zero. Uh, it's it, it it it's actually a rule zero errata. They they don't they don't enter tap. <laughs> a rule zero errata. A rule zero <laughs> errata. I got I got really enthusiastic about these cards when they were first spoiled because the, oh my goodness the, I flipped out. The, yeah. the snowlands were such a massive. The snow dual type ones. I mean, yeah, were such a massive like shift in mana bases because of our seek mm-hmm. nature's lore ranges yeah. path sky shard claim and now we have more like we have more yeah. so i like i lost my mind at first and then like when when i actually went through on my decks to say like which of these decks really want this card i'm like oh well like one with the core cartographer yeah <laughs> like the tattoo but wanted another one the three color decks that that have these this green fixing that they can they can get use out of the nature's lures and the ranger's paths with these guys. i don't even care i'm just i'm jamming them in every deck i don't even care yeah like i will too because oh, nevertheless i'm always looking for one more tapped land in a two color pdh deck. I'm, I'm, <laughs> like they just don't make them i'm pretty nowadays. saturated with them like i've been cutting the tapped lines like i don't run the gates anymore like the, like the, the, yeah. you know, the ravnica guild gates uh like i i don't run the, that's a good point i don't run the you game know, lands in a lot of decks the, uh... and like I've been running the jumpstart, the thriving, thriving lands much lately. Yeah, like I'm, st- I'm, I'm at the point where I'm about saturated with tapped lands, and now you're looking at which, which from among the tapped lands you have available, which is going to give you the best benefit. And like having types is a benefit, but I'm, I'm just not sure that it's the best benefit for a lot of my decks. Like, like you guys said, Mystic Sanctuary, like the Eldraine lands that check for basic types, like those are super important. If you're, if you're in a two-color deck that runs Sanctuary and Witch's Cottage, then you definitely need to be running the, the, the blue-black one. Yeah. Um, but being two land types helps domain. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> these are going to be huge and limited. I think they're going to, they're going to be top-tier draft picks for your, your limited Dominaria review. But like, yeah, th- for sure. Th- I've, I have them slated to get put into a lot fewer PDH decks than I thought. Yeah. Just, I mean, just so because the, the Snowlands are like yeah. already there. Totally. But the instant hype was real. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I just like, I'm just so excited because for the longest time, for the longest time, it was so depressing. The only lands available to us were tap lands, gain lands, guild gates, and bounce land. And mm-hmm. outside of a flicker strategy or the incidental life gain, Gain lands really didn't do that much. And there was no gate strategy at common. 
up until like two months ago. So right. like guild gates and tap lands were effectively the same thing. And yeah, you'd run them in PDH because you need dual lands and there really wasn't much else outside command tower. But like just in the last year and a half, we've gotten snow lands followed up by artifact lands, followed up by the camp eye and the tower lands, followed up by, I'm, I'm just going to call them dual lands. Like I, I'm just so... And that's just... Everything you just listed right there is from standard sets. Yeah, and I'm... Well, not the not the gates. The gate... The, not, not the not, gates, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, not, not, right. not, 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 not the gates. Not the uh, artifact lands. The artifact lands are from Horizon set. But... Oh, yep. But, like, yeah, everything else came from standard sets. And I'm just like... The, like, my cube is so happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, like, I'm actually going to have to cut lands from my cube. I, I'm at so, four... Like, r- right now, I'm at four of each color pair mm-hmm. dual land in my cube and i think that's a little little well much. so for the Probably longest time i had a uh, i had a, a a 540 cube uh because that's like the standard size and i i was telling myself i just need one more solid complete 10 land cycle and i'm bumping it up to 720 <laughs> and and we just got it so i i gotta go find go. 80 more cards you know 100 more cards to add because basically basically stuff that's been like cut from the queue because better versions have come out i'm just throwing that all back in because i still have it uh so i just need to go find like 100 more cards but i'll be fine i'll be fine yep. but yeah it's 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 so good it's so good i'm so happy <laughs> <laughs> oh all right we are coming up on 180 minutes yeah, yeah. overall real quick takes what, what do you think about dominaria do we go back to the top of show top of the show and just say well this is this is a limited powerhouse <laughs> a limited you know, draft environment powerhouse set. But to me, it just, it's not super impactful for commons only formats. Yeah. I think it lands pretty solidly there. It's, it's like, it's not even to me, like when I saw, when I first started seeing the, the, the kickers with the multicolor, you know, kicker costs and stuff, I was like, wow, that is really cool. What are they going to do with this? And it was like, oh, like I just felt a little deflated. Yeah. It, it, this feels more like a three color set than Capenna did yeah, because really you have does. so many secret two color multicolor cards yeah i think it's it's gonna be it it looks like a really interesting and deep limited environment it really does outside of limited like you said not gonna be that much impact on pauper formats i'm not really sure there's gonna be that much impact in general outside of standard and that's you know that's okay i'm I'm okay with that i think Um, i think pauper and stuff like that we can just we we could take a little break now do you want your not do you want your non-pauper spec I think the con is going to be hot garbage for the first two months. And then, you know, we, we've already got the, the article statement saying that con is a precursor card to the Brothers War. Like, the, they, they said right. that the Power Stone tokens are going to be more relevant in Brothers War. Right. Which has me both excited and frightened. Terrified. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, I understand that con looks weak because in a vacuum, there's nothing that really cares about those Power Stone shards. But I'm like, wait till we have any payoff for them and i think con's going to be a really big standing powerhouse yeah so what do you think dave dominaria united is it a banger is it a juicer uh i so i will i will <laughs> echo what you guys have said i think that for for pauper edh it is an extremely low impact set but i will then go on to say that i'm really excited about that we're, we're coming off yeah. so imagine if i don't know how many of you this is true for but if you take a moment to imagine you have 80 pauper decks put together in paper and every time a new set comes out you have to update all of them with the new cards and you have to find the cuts and you have to order all these new cards like on the heels of kamigawa and streets of nukapenna and baldur's gate i am tired boss like even double masters double masters yeah like i just i need some 
rest. The the best possible thing for me, the number one top tier highest ranked outcome for Dominaria was always a set that had a really rich, really engaging limited environment that would challenge me to build clever decks with a complex card pool, but that didn't overwhelm me when it came time to create 80 different edits worth of decks. Right. And I have exactly yep. that and I'm overjoyed about it. I'm really excited for this set to come out. I can I can wait for the next set or maybe even two more sets from now before I lose my mind trying to update 15 <laughs> cards in each of my decks. But for now, right. I'm 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 in a great spot with Dominaria. I think that it's going to be a fantastic time. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I'm glad we're home again. Yeah, um, for sure. I think, I think about a month before spoilers started, I put a little bit of cash away and I was going to buy myself some some sealed product from this set because it's, you know, it's my birthday weekend. It's our birthday weekend. Happy um, birthday. I know, right? <laughs> but now I'm like rethinking that. I'm not sure if I want any Dominaria sealed product and I'm actually okay with it. <laughs> like it's not going to bug me to not buy any and just pick up singles. Like I'm totally fine with that. Like usually every set I try to buy at least a handful of packs or uh, a draft booster box if I can swing it. Just a hat. Yeah. I love cracking packs, period. Uh, but this one I'm just not super concerned about. Buy a pre-release kit at the Release. Yeah, I may just end up doing that. Yeah. That's a good call. Like it, that's kind of usually what I end up doing for, for a lot of sets is I'll, I'll do one or two pre-releases yeah. and then just order a lot of singles. And like I'm, mm. I'm really excited about that plan for this set. Yeah, same here. Can't, uh, look forward to yeah. it. But yeah, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Uh, if you need any more Commander or Popper Commander talk, that is, and you have any questions about the format or anything, you can always email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. You can always head on over to the PDH Homebase's website. That'll take you to Discord. It's always, it's always popping off. People always talking about the format. Uh, you can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and at Popper underscore B. You can find Dave as the Alcadron at just about anywhere else PDH is being talked about. Everything will be down in the details. One last thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And I think we're going to get out of here. But, um, you know, from all of us in here to you guys out there, Brew Deck, play some games, and we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Cheers. Peace. I brought the party. Text at the party.